forever. Dog. Three, two, one, and then we're live. Okay. So we're live right now. I say hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the best show here on a beautiful Tuesday in February of 2023. And we've got a great show for you tonight. Lou Barlow in studio session, playing music, talking, a great conversation. Can't wait for you to hear it. And see it. Potentially. We've got other stuff up our sleeves. Some surprises maybe coming your way. So stay tuned. The one thing you can do, keep it locked here on the best show, baby. Best show for life. Let's do it to it. Play the theme, please. Everybody, welcome back to the best show. How are you tonight? This is your friend Tom. I'm the host of the show. Tom Sharpling, that is. What's up tonight, everybody? It is February and we're doing it to it. 2023. Coming up on March tomorrow. Tomorrow's March. Happy birthday to uh, my friend Robbie. Happy birthday, Robbie. Commissioner of my fantasy basketball league, Robbie, please help me out. My team's in trouble. Throw me a player that I have no claim to. Nobody's no no none the wiser. So, welcome to the best show, the number 201989. 0012 is the number. If you want to get in on the fun and call up, give a call. Right now, ain't no topic on the table. Have a little bit of fun. You talk and say hi and hello and maybe give me your credit card number. I want the whole number. I want the security code, too. I can't do a whole lot without that three-digit number on the back. Or your routing number. I'll take either. What did we just hear? J-P-W. That's right. J-P-W. J-P-W. Our friend, J-P-W. New album called Something Happening, Always Happening. And we heard the front half of that, which is something happening. Beautiful, textural, love it so much. Came out uh, early last year. Not early this year, late last year, early this year, something like that. Um, and he is, of course, 
you fans of Aquarium Drunkard. Who's not a fan of Aquarium Drunkard? You want the good stuff? You go check Aquarium Drunkard out. They sort through all the music so you just get to sound cool and say, oh, of course, I'm familiar with Judy Sill. Why don't I yelled it? Mark Gatch! Just started yelling folk people's names. Pentangle! Fred Neal! I hear someone laughing. Um, yes, that's Jason P. Woodbury is the JPW. Um, I believe I'm joined. Do who do I have here? Do I have Mike? Are you here, Mike? I am Tom. Look How are you? Oh, look at that. Whip crack. I am Tom. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Mike. How are you? Do we have Pat? That's me. Pat, and that's Pat. A little different toad rolling in. That's me. <laughs> One is a little uh, Richie Cunningham. Mike's a little more Richie Cunningham. Pat is definitely Fonzie. That's me. Um... Jason, are you here or are you in transit? I think Jason might be in transit. Uh, yeah, he is still trapped, apparently, trapped. by a tree. Under it? Uh, well, no, someone should go help him. Then. Well, not that severe, thankfully. Just can't can't get his car around it. He said he didn't want help. He said yeah, he didn't want he's help. He's got it. He's got this it. better not be some 127 hours scenario. He's got to gnaw his own hand off. <laughs> To get up from under the tree. I hope I certainly hope not. I'm gonna say right now, if I find out this was a hundred twenty-seven hours scenario and nobody on the best show staff went to help him, I'm gonna take the hand he gnawed off and hit you in the face with it. Say, hand me the hand. And then he'll hand me the hand, and then I'll ball it into a fist, and then I'll punch you with the hand hand that he gnawed off to get to escape the tree um very exciting also i'm being told i wish nothing but the happiest of birthdays a 40th birthday to the one and only richie in phoenix arizona richie Happy birthday, Richie. Enjoy. Jendon, 100 years. That sounds like a curse, actually. Wish somebody 100 years. Remember, Mike? Did anybody in the bar, Mike, ever say, Jendon, as they're doing a toast? Uh, Yeah. I've heard that a few times. It's like a Sinatra thing. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, my, my uncle's family had an Italian side. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, they're both both Italian. So, yeah, it, w- it would be uh, a little Italian references here and there. Now, how Italian are we talking? Gravy instead of sauce Italian? Yeah, gravy. Uh, my uh, uncle's mother used to make uh, homemade pasta vazul mm-hmm. for the uh, patrons uh, occasionally. I'm telling you, anybody said gravy? Yeah, where's the gravy? First of all, it didn't happen in my family. My grandmother, that that battle axe, ruined the whole freaking family. 
Picardia. Everybody's all uh, this, this, uh, this. She she blanched out all the food. We'd go pick an Italian restaurant, Mike, to go eat at, and she would yeah. pick the worst place. Like she would, her goal would be to eat in the pizza places that have the front half is for slices, and then they have that back room. Yeah, that is ill-equipped to be an actual restaurant. Uh-huh. But they try to make it like it could be a restaurant, and they bring out the worst, like overboiled pasta. That's where she's a financial thing. I mean, it is no, cheaper to eat no, it's a, a bad taste, bad taste, bad taste, bad taste. Okay. Bad she bad truly taste didn't know the, the good stuff. She truly, uh-huh. okay. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what pesto was uh-huh. until I was well out of that, uh, that, that, uh, that nightmare. Um, Pat. Yes. Did you grow up in a in a house where it was very traditional with food, or was it more American? Because what I'm talking about is ultimately my grandmother was very American with her food choices. Right. My dad's side was the American side, and then my mom's side um, was where we were like, you know, going to nicer restaurants, even mm-hmm. if they weren't super nice, just like you know. Spanish, Portuguese, mm-hmm. kind of fair. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's good to know. Just make So I kind of got both. You got a little bit of both, and you knew when you were eating below your station, so to speak. Definitely. Yeah. Me and my sister, we uh, we knew um, how to keep score and when. <laughs> I think to... I can compare my situation. I mean, we we never really went out for dinner at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, except for Easter Sunday. Okay. And, you know, we, we had a couple uh, local restaurants that we went to for a while. Mm-hmm. But then we went through a phase where we were going to diners. Yeah. You know, on Easter, which okay. is, I think it was more a financial thing. There were five kids. Yeah, that's a lot of and money. It might be a little cheaper <laughs> yeah. to a diner. We loved it. I mean, you know. Oh, getting out of out of the house was uh, always positive for us. There's nothing better than going to a diner when you're a kid. Yeah, you yeah. go and you're just like, I think I'll get the the pizza burger. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The menu is very varied. So yeah, yeah. yeah the 16 we page menu discover... of every diner. No, no disco fries. Yeah, we. I never went down that road. No, no, that would be that was something I remember they had not yet to invent when I was that young. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. Yeah. And that's literally what I thought gravy was at that point was the brown slop that you pour all over mashed potatoes uh-huh. on Thanksgiving. I didn't know gravy was sauce. Now that's like that's just a very is that a that's a very New Jersey thing I think ultimately like these multi-generational Italian families and the traditions like that. But then it's just as much that you get the people blowing up those traditions and being just like, I decided we're going to eat cereal on Christmas dinner. <laughs> okay. Well, I was I was always envious of the seven fishes tradition because I never, okay. I've still to this day never had that, uh, experience the feast of the seven fishes which is on christmas eve and you're supposed to just eat fish upon fish upon fish 
It's a nice tradition. I got to do it, fortunately. And this is Andrew, uh, the engineer extraordinaire. How are you tonight, Andrew? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for so, asking. So you enjoy? Oh, you're welcome. So you enjoyed the feast of the seven? You because you were in Philadelphia, so you had a much more. You you had a, a kind of like a very what what was the background for you? Well, my mom's Italian, okay. so that uh, pretty much settles it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So we got to eat the, we have pretty high standards for our marinara sauce, and we did the uh, seven fishes. Did you call it gravy? Did you call it gravy? We actually didn't call it gravy, and I always thought it was funny. I don't know why. I think some of my relatives called it gravy. Mm -hmm. I can't explain why I never called it gravy. I'm kind of relieved that I don't call it gravy for whatever reason. I don't understand why that is, but it just seems strange. Because gravy to me is like turkey. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's either... A golden colored or a brown colored, yeah, gravy that's what you pour on the on the the stuffing and mashed potatoes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, not me, man. Not in my house. Gravy, closest thing to gravy was ragu. <laughs> my family. So what was, was it? What was, what was uh, turkey gravy called? I mean, was there a different name for that? Eh, just turkey gravy. It's called gravy. Turkey gravy. Yeah, it's called okay. gravy. Where's the gravy? Hit it right on the on the yeah. head there. Yeah, gravy. Now we had we were lucky if we when we when my family was feeling fancy, it would be uh uh look at Prego. Like a different jarred Italian sauce. <laughs> you know. So that would be uh that would be it was just not very spectacular, but it's now, do you find yourself, you find you like you want the Feast of the Seven Fishes? Like, that's a tradition you wish you had more of in your life. Mike and Pat, are there traditions you wish you had more of? I always wanted to go to one. I never got an invite to one. To go to Feast of the Seven Fishes? Yeah, as close as I was in North Jersey to proximity, you know, of other Italian friends and, you know, like 100% Italian households. I wasn't ever. Uh, brought into one i remember a couple times where um i got invited all the time pat oh well down in west virginia yo you wait till you get to a west virginia feast of the fish <laughs> now pat when you Catfish. hold hold on, hold on please yeah you <laughs> i just i just lost my I had a joke no 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 you said pat no, no, you no, no, no. A joke ready to go. That's fine. No, it, you, it's no, still there, no, man. Okay. It's on the tip of your tongue. No, yeah, you slid and you did your catfish uh, routine. <laughs> I there. did not mean to. Did your catfish? I was going to oh. say the feast of the seven fish fillets, but that's. Oh, that's, see, that's uh, but see, that's better. Yeah, I was. It was. Let's let's just rewind time for like okay, one. Here second. we go. We're going to rewind time now, Pat. Yes, Tom. You know what my family celebrated? I'm not saying my family was trashy, but uh-huh. we celebrated the Feast of the Seven Filet of Fish Sandwiches. Ah, uh, there we go. Thank you, Jason. Now, Jason, just, uh, you're welcome. Hold for the edit. For Hold for, for yeah. the edit. Hold, Andrew, uh, set a marker. Someone start sure my thing. car. Yeah. Put me in the trunk. <laughs> start the car. <laughs> Put me in the trunk and aim it at the ocean. Oh. Uh. Um, now, how are you, Jason? Jason, you're having some some uh, road difficulty from Man, what I hear. What a day! What a bummer of a day! Uh, so that storm that we had on Friday here in Los Angeles, one of the worst storms I think I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. So many down trees in the area. 
Yeah. And uh, Burbank, where where I live, Mm -hmm. uh, came and uh, inspected the tree, a giant tree in front of our house. It's Burbank's tree, so I can't really raise too much of a stink. Over a hundred year old tree. Yeah. And uh, they are out there. They are still cutting it down as of 625. Still chopping that thing down. Still chopping away. They put lights out. And you're trapped. I can't get out. You're trapped. Yeah. Do you need us to send for uh, reconnaissance? Do you need uh, (laughs) uh, to be airlifted from your home? What can we do to The drones, if you could... uh... Send out some drones. Let's send the forever great. dog drones out. Yeah. Um, we'll drone, but, uh, we'll it, drone in some, uh, some, uh, 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 in and out burger. Oh, that would be wonderful. Animal style. Mike, there's a restaurant, fast food thing out here called in and out burger. I've never experienced anything less. That's more cult like. <laughs> Scientology yeah. is less of a cult than the In-N-Out Burger enthusiasts. Mike, when I tell you that there are cars lined up 25 deep for the drive through I am not exaggerating. Yeah, and they, they have the whole uh, secret menu thing. What's that all See, about? Well, that's what Jason's referencing. Animal style, you get yeah. this this way, that way. I can you can get like 100 patties. They do it animals. They can do it any which way. Unless that hamburger has to show up and start singing a song for me for the, if I'm going to wait on that line. It's worth it, though. I, I see. Is I got it, my. It's it really is. worth waiting 25 cars at a fast food place. Oh God. It's an hour process. You can't Easy. walk in. You can walk in, but it's uh-huh. it just looks a little chaotic in there every time I drive by it. I'm, I'm I'd rather have the. Uh, Are people always chopping the chicken when you walk in and looking nervous? Everybody's li- yeah, you're right, Pat. Everyone's nervous chopping I'm chicken. Saying, I'm saying um, no, but I w- you know until recently I just thought it was an average burger until I got it animal style. And what is and what do you do you j- Tom? Do you know what animal style is? Um, no, I don't. I, did, I really I, didn't I, either. What What do you think it is? Just by somebody saying animal style, very rare dog meat. <laughs> no, it's it's Russian dressing. Well, that's it. It is it is dog meat. No, uh, it's yeah. You're right, Pat. It's it's like a thousand island. It's like mm-hmm. a burger okay. dressing and and, uh, and uh and olive and uh, not olive. Sorry, uh, car- caramelized onions. Wow. Okay. So it's, and that's it. It's it's a thing of uh, salad dressing and some onions. Yes. And it's very good. What animal is that? <laughs> what animal in nature does that represent? I don't know. You know, sa- Thousand Island dressing and caramelized onions. If anything, that's the most civil. We're moving away from animals with that one. I say we start a petition right now. Human. That's changed the human style. Human style. We change that one to human style. Animal style should just be like Alpo on a bun. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, it the, still has a little bit of the shape of the can. Shape of the, the can. Yeah. Yeah. The bun is literally, it's not even <laughs> pressed down. You just empty a can of Alpo on the bottom Ooh. bun and then just put the top bun on top of it. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. The day I wait at one of those In-N-Out Burger drive throughs I might as well start playing golf. 
I might as well start just doing every. I might as well start going to see John Mayer in concert. Because that means I ain't me no more. You always remember, you be yourself. You don't let the cool in and out burger crowd pressure you into being fancy. Because there's other things on that menu. What is there? There's also a thing covered in syrup, I think I saw. like a, there, Well, there's double meat. Double there's a meat. three by three. Which is what? It is three patties. Mm-hmm. With cheese and three pieces okay. of cheese. Okay. There's a four by four. Sure, which is four and cheese and four yes. patties. Yeah. There's grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is two slices of mel- uh, melted American cheese, lettuce, tomato spread with or without onions on a bun. Mm-hmm. There, there's protein style. It's just a where, lettuce wrap, I think yeah. I heard. Yeah. And then there's animals. You know, when you're thinking, when you're health conscious and you're going right. and you say, yeah, I'm going to do without the bun. No, but by all means, slop this grizzled, this grizzled <laughs> slab of meat <laughs> dripping in, in, in oil and fat into a, a thing covered in sauce and everything. But, oh, by all, no bread with that. No. God bless anybody lined up in In-N-Out Burger, but not for me, Jack. All right, I'm going to go to the phones now. Let me see what's going on. Hot time, hot child in the city, hot, 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 all the great things. Hello, Best Show. Hi. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Penny. Penny. Oh, Penny. How are you, Penny? You called last week and you're calling this week. What's going on? How was your birthday? It was good, and I got a present today of a SpongeBob plushie. And um, my first ever present on my birthday that I got um was a um Sonic the Hedgehog coat. You got a Sonic the Hedgehog coat? Wow, that sounds very nice. No. Now you are two years old. Happy second birthday, Penny. <laughs> You're eight. Happy eighth birthday, Penny. Did you have a party? Did you have a party? The day after. Okay. Did you have cake at the party? Yes, it was SpongeBob cake. And we got these plastic little arms and legs and head. We didn't need to place the eyes and mouth and nose on because they, Carol Lizzie's cake already put it on. Sure. And, but we couldn't fit the plastic stuff because like, Carol Lizzie can't do that. Yeah. It, on, only unless you're inside your surf cake studio with chocolate, modeling chocolate, you could do that. Yeah, get some modeling chocolate. What's going on over there? I'm talking to an eight-year-old about modeling chocolate now. How has I uh, gone down this road? Now, what did you do? Did you get, what did your beloved papa get you for your birthday? It was the coat and this flipbook set. My favorite, I, I like flipbooks because I watched this guy on YouTube called Andy Mason. It's like a really great YouTube channel, oh, which I really so enjoy. That sounds and like fun. He said he's working 
on a second chicken run. He said what now? A second chicken run. Second chicken run. Okay. Amazing. Well, I hope you had a great birthday. It's very exciting to talk to you, and I hope this is what I hope for you, Penny. When when do you go back to school? Tomorrow morning? You're back tomorrow morning? Yeah, because it had a snow delay. Yeah, I hope you wear that okay. you wear that Sonic the Hedgehog jacket down the hall and you have the time of your life. On on my birthday I wear it there because that was my first present. Ah. Well you can wear it again, right? You wear it all summer mm-hmm. long. How's that sound? All summer. June, July, yeah. August, you're still wearing that Sonic the Hedgehog jacket. I already kind of wear it. Okay. Which that starts the year with it. Now, the one other By question. The way, Did you smash any of your uh, the action figures for your birthday? Your your dad's action figures, his Galacticus figure, his uh, who knows what else he's got going on in that place. Iron Man... Uh, a uh, variant uh, armor costume, right? All six Captain America masks with the wings. Did you smash any of his stuff? No, not yet. Not I yet. Forgot. You forgot. Well, that would be the first thing I'd remember. I would have woken up and gotten my bat out, started swinging away, like they said in the movie Signs. Wait, Tom? Yes? Do you remember when you ordered um, one of those things for my Girl Scouts? Do I remember? Yeah, I ordered Girl You You sent me a thing and I bought Girl Scout cookies from you. Yes, I do. We're selling cinnamon and stuff now. And we, we oh, already had a trip to this place that's an animal shelter for so cats and dogs okay. called Roar. Okay, that sounds very nice. So this is what it's all about. This, I get it now. How are you, Tom? It's nice to talk to you. Oh, by the way, I'm selling Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> you didn't care how I was. I'm just another customer to you, Penny. I know. I was just trying to tell you because well, I that's want fine. people to help me. Well, maybe I, maybe, uh, uh, look, I just bought a whole bunch of Girl Scout cookies. I'll see if I can buy more. I bought, I, I bought, you're welcome. You're very polite. Something that your papa could take a lesson from his own child, Mr. Uh, I, I want to meet the Muppets shoving his way to the front of the line to shake Elmo's hand. Weird stuff going on over there. Weird stuff. I hear him laughing in the background, too. I hear him laughing. <laughs> there he is again. He thinks this is funny. Glad someone thinks it's funny. That I got a three-year-old calls me up and shakes me down to buy cookies in front of everybody. Fine, give me a box of Thin Mints. (laughs) 
Okay, you sold a box of Thin Mints. I'll buy two boxes of Thin Mints from you. How about that? Yes. <clears throat> By the way, we, we ran out of the new ones um, of Raspberry, and thank you, by the way. You're welcome. You okay. ran out of Raspberry. Well, I will not be ordering Raspberry then. That was the most newest one. Yeah, apparently I'm going to be living Everyone in a house made of Girl Scout raspberry. cookies at this point. Any other kids wanted me to buy cookies? 201-989-0012. You want my credit card number? No. Penny, I wish you nothing but the best in your quest to sell the most Girl Scout cookies. Happy birthday. And seriously. Thank you. Tell your father. Have a good night. You too. I'm not done yet, though. Tell your father. Is he near? Is he, He's nearby, right? Yes, he's always holding the phone, okay, by the well, way. this is what you tell him. Dearest Papa. Dearest Papa. Now start off, make it fun, like a little, like, not so you get right to the question and it seems like you only wanted to ask, okay, what's up? What's up? There you go. That's great. Now say to him, Papa. Nothing would make me happier than. Nothing would make. No, hold on, Papa. Than... Back up, back up, Papa. You know how I admire you so. Do you know how I admire you so? I want to be. I want to be exactly like you when I grow up. I want to be exactly like you when I grow up. So. It would be so much fun to pretend to be you for a little bit. So it'd be so much fun to pretend to be like you for a little bit. So can I have your wallet and car keys, Papa? So can I have your wallet and car keys, Papa? And set the your phone up for maps. And set your phone on for maps. Destination, the M&M store. Destination, the M&M store. I'm driving into Times Square, Papa, whether you like it or not. I'm driving into Times Square, Papa, if you like it or not. <laughs> and, and? And? I'm going to run over Wally Wacky, man. I'm going to want to run over Wally Wacky, man. Penny out. Say Penny out. And then, like, turn your back and run out of the out. room. Penny out. There she goes. Okay. That's how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. How's everybody doing tonight? Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com 
and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm telling you, I, I can say this. We got a we got a thing that if it works out, there's going to be a surprise on the show. I'm not saying what it is, who it is, if there's a who or what or when or where. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll see if it happens. But in the meantime. It's me, it's you, and we've got busy, busy phones, hot phones tonight, hot phones. Let's go back to the action and take another call. Hello, best show. Hang on, let me turn this down. Yeah. Hang on, let me turn that down. Sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry sorry about that, Tom. Oh, hello, best show. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. On, That's turn okay. This down. Let me turn this down. Yeah. Hey, Tom. Hey. What's happening? It's Miss Fitz Claude in Horror Bridge. How's it going? Wait, who is this? Miss Fitz Claude. Misfits Claude. Yeah. So your first name is Claude. Yes. And I guess I can put two and two together based on what that music was that was just playing. Yeah. Um, so you're Misfits Claude. Okay. Welcome to the show, Misfits Claude. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I'm a total fiend. Like, I, I'm with the Misfits like you are with all things heavy metal. I'm flagrantly obsessed. Like I am with heavy metal. I didn't know I was. Yeah. I didn't know I was obsessed with heavy metal. But oh, I, I heard you were a total metalhead. Now after the people you've had booked on the show recently. Well, look. You know? Some sometimes we get guests that skew a little in one direction or another. But I'm not some not nothing all or nothing metalhead. Okay. Well, it, it's weird because. I, Eddie Trunk didn't mention you by name, but during his Keel Top 20 countdown the other night, uh-huh. he he said, there's this kid out in Lipstick City who's inching in on my turf. <laughs> and he did that totally not insincere laugh uh-huh. he does right afterwards. Yeah, no, I love that. You know, when you get Eddie's laugh, it's not about humor at all. Right. It's about... You're wrong. Like, that's all his laugh says. I'm right. You're wrong. Like, well, you know, these ticket prices are uh, really going through the roof. (laughs) I mean, I mean, Kiss are going to do a solo. Kiss are doing another thing. They're still doing the farewell tour. Uh, I guess uh, people still put up with that. He thinks it's all funny. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I it's 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 
Yeah. So yeah, look in that regard, I well, I didn't know Eddie Trunk was calling me out on the show. Oh, well, I, you know, I think I think he feels threatened, and I heard that I heard there was a story about some super good-looking metal guy who's inching up on his turf. And I, I remember that. I I yeah. Think, yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got. It's the walls are closing in. It's no wonder they call him the Donald Trump of of, of uh, heavy rock. They, that's what they call Eddie Trunk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip Magazine calls him that. Well, I haven't read. Contrary to what you might think, I haven't read Rip Magazine in a while. Well, it's more of a pamphlet now. <laughs> it, Okay, I guess magazines are getting smaller. I didn't know it would get... They're getting smaller, yes. It would get to pamphlet size. That's... Yeah. Yeah, okay, well... Well, the reason I'm calling... um, My girl fiend is all over my ass to give a listen to other music besides the Misfits. And she, 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 she quartered me the other night and she said if she hears, I don't know, Ghoul's Night Out, Children in Heat, Death Comes Ripping... Mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? Or we bite one more time. She's going to call off the wedding. So you're playing the Misfits a lot, it sounds like. Just, yeah, 24-7. It pumps me up, and it also brings me down, too. Well, what is it pumping you up for? Um, You know, just uh, work. Work and stuff like that. Just just kind of feeling good, getting my, my blood... Uh, pumping uh you know I, I got a lot going on basically i i work for her old man you know so he you know he 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 controls the checkbook so you know i i, I do know what side of my bread is buttered and and, and by whom you know mm-hmm. so I, I don't make too many waves no i guess it's a little hard to make so you work for her dad yeah and and what blows is that he doesn't he he won't let me wear my devil lock at work. It's kind of unfair. You, so you have like the the full on uh, uh, what's his name in the band? Um, uh, Doyle von Frankenstein. Yes, Doyle. Uh, uh, Jerome only. Okay, Jerome Jer- Jerry only. You, I didn't know. Well, he- I, I, I show him the proper respect. Jerome only. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Um, you know what his, his middle initial is? What? Why? So he has he has one of those names that's also a so, question. So his name would be Jerry Wyonly. Yeah. If you blurred it together, or Gerald Wyonly, which makes Gerald it sound Wyonly. like his makes it sound like his name is Wyonly. Or that he he is also a small town in Wyoming. Yes, exactly. Like he's it's a Jerry Wyoming. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Well, but Claude, we know the truth. Yes, we do. Yeah. So so he he won't let me wear my devil lock at, at work, and I don't know. I I think that's unfair. Don't you? Well, what it what is what is work? Um, he owns Remington Funeral Home in Mudbridge. So the idea that it's a funeral, it's a funeral home, funeral parlor. Yeah, yeah. That you, he doesn't want you walking around. Describe what you would be wearing if you could wear it whatever you wanted at work. And oh, and have, well, and have I... you even tried to wear this before? Is this? Oh yes. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like a a mesh, a tight mesh black shirt uh, that's got a skull and crossbones on it. And I also have like really tight. Um, they're not spandex. They're they're like tougher than spandex. They look almost like slick leather uh, tight pants. Okay. And then I also have these huge engineer boots that I have spikes on. And also I have fingerless gloves. Sure. You sound like you're either a fan of the Misfits or you're one of the uh, Legion of Skanks. I, yes, yeah, yeah, a little rollerball in there, too. <laughs> Throw some roll. Yes. If the Legion of Skanks had a rollerball team, you would be, uh, you would fit right in. Yeah, that's a scary movie. Rollerball? Oh, yeah. I never saw the remake, did you? Yeah. I never did see the remake, no, but Oh, the first one is so scary. Um, yeah, I don't I don't it's been a, it's been a long long time for me. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the big thing that that really kind of, you know, works up my my bat wings is that he won't let me have shows there. At the funeral home. Yeah, yeah. You know, the back um the back room where all you know all the all the all the work gets done. I think once we just we would just push those those tables out of the way, you know, where we put the corpses on. It could, there's a whole room for a, a, at least forty people. Yeah, but but the, I mean, I I don't know him, and I can definitely see his side of things. Well, you know who he reminds me of, like a hundred percent. Who's that? Sergeant Holka. From the movie uh, Stripes. Yeah, yeah. He reminds you of Sergeant Hulka. But not as nice. Wow, okay. I didn't know Sergeant, a meaner Sergeant Hulka. Yeah, his burr cut is even burrier. So you, you really take offense to him controlling your, uh, your wardrobe at the place and he won't let you do shows in the area where you prepare the bodies. Yeah. We hose the body down and we also, uh, I'm really good at the makeup too. So that's, that's, that's my, that's my thing. So you do the makeup on the deceased. I do. I I do. But look, I I don't, I don't want to talk shop. Okay. Uh, Basically the reason I wanted to talk to you tonight is that, you know, my girlfriend is saying that since I like the Misfits, who, when you think about it, is a pop band, I should give a listen to the original pop band, The Beatles. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And, and I'm so embarrassed, I don't really know much about them. I, I, I've heard you're a big fan, and I think I read in the New Bridge Electric Guitar where you were very rudely shut down at a Beatles convention just as you started singing Mr. Moonlight. Is well, that, that, right? that was not so, me. That was not me. I was at a uh, Beatles convention and somebody, they had a group sing along going. And right. still one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, to be honest, uh, Claude um, or Misfits Claude. Can I just call you Claude or should I call you Misfits Claude? I prefer Misfits Claude. Okay, Misfits. Well, Misfits Claude, um, I was at this Beatles convention and everybody was sitting around singing songs and like with guitars and strumming away and they'd start a song. And then one guy 
This one previous song stops, and then some guy goes, Mr. Moonlight. And then somebody takes a kazoo and goes, <gasps> voo, 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 voo. And he does. It was one of the roughest things I've ever seen, but that did not happen to me, Misfits Claw. Okay. Now, what about this thing I heard where you apparently stole Lawrence Juper's fanny pack? I didn't do anything of the sort. Uh, Lawrence Juber from Wings often shows up to meet fans at these uh, conventions. Uh, I did not steal anything from... That sounds sketchy already. Yeah. Like... Hey, 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 you fans want to meet? Yeah. You want to meet? The sketchiest part would be, hey, you guys want to hang out? You guys want to party with Lawrence Juber? Like, if he's... Like would be like if somebody came over and was just like, "Hey, Lawrence thinks you guys look cool and wants to know if you want to want to know if you want to party after the convention wraps up tonight." Lawrence wants to know if you'll sell him your incredibly light blue denim jacket. <laughs> it says that's, that's the a Beatles. Little too big for you. That yeah. says the Beatles on the back. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right, so look, anyway, okay. I, I know you're a big Beatles fan, and I wanted to ask you, what would you say are your top ten favorite Lebanon McCartney songs? My top favorite what now? Lebanon McCartney. I'm going to ask you to slow down for a second. Mm-hmm. Walk me through this name you're saying. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. It's the main guy in the Beatles. And what is that main guy's name? Lebanon McCartney. Leban Lebanon? Yeah. Like Lebanon? Yes, I, I think, right? Leba no, his Claude. Misfits Claude. Claude. Um that is not his name is it's Lennon is his last name. Lennon and McCartney. It's two different people. No, it's it, it's it's one guy, isn't it? it, it no, it's the Beatles. It's Lebanon and McCartney on bass and singing, Jean-Paul Georges on guitar, and Rising Star on drums, right? John Paul. So you think the so the Beatles are a trio? Yeah, like the Run DMC song. Like the like oh, like They're, King of Rock. There's three of us, but we're not the Beatles. What are you saying? Well, I'm saying that his name is not John Paul George. So you think it's John Dash Paul? Yeah, it's French. It's that's not no Claude. It's not. See, I told you I didn't know anything about them. Okay, okay, but you don't then don't act like such a freaking authority. Are you yelling at me? A little bit. I'm going to get my fiends together, and we're going to swarm you someday. You and your misfits fiends? Yeah, there's only two of us so far. Okay, but... well, uh, I guess I'll, I'll take go, my chances. I'll, well, I'll go for the knees you know, behind you, and then he'll do the push, and you'll go over top of me. <laughs> okay, so you have, the whole, you have the whole move mapped out now. Oh, I didn't even tell you the part where we're on a cliff. <laughs> so I go over the edge of a cliff. Yeah, and there are no witnesses. 
And how are we getting to a cliff, can I ask? We all, we all go on vacation to um, Dover in the UK. And so, yeah, it's, it's prefaced by like a year of, of me getting really in good with you. Like we're besties. Uh-huh. And then I'm kind of ruining it, aren't I? For well, you. by telling me about this, sure. Yeah, I want it to be a surprise for you. My death. Yeah, well, <laughs> we didn't. I don't know. Well, if I'm we'll going over, if I'm going over the edge of a cliff, I would assume I wouldn't be making it back. Maybe you land in the water. Then why would we go all the way to England for this? Well, I thought we could see some shows first and, you know, just kind of sightsee. <laughs> so, we're now actual friends. Yeah, until you go over the cliff, right? <laughs> so, like, just give me some look. God help me for asking on this. Mm-hmm. We're going to. I'm going to become better friends with you to the point where I decide to go on vacation with you. Yes. We go to England together. No, no. First, we go to Ireland. First, we go to Ireland. Okay. So we fly into Ireland. How long are we in Ireland? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Before it's a, whole, you... it's, a, it's a whole summer trek. With the intent being to lull me into a state of 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 not suspecting you. Well, some of this hinges on how much of an a hole you are to me, just over the course of the trip. Oh, okay. So that's what it hinges on. Yeah, yeah, because I have a feeling you might be a little insufferable. So if I'm great, though, what happens then? I hadn't even thought about that because it just seems so far out of of the uh, realm of possibility. Yeah. (laughs) You know what else is out of the realm of possibility? Um, What? Us going on a a, uh, European vacation together. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, but get, getting back to the Beatles, should, should I start with that rock opera about the perv? What's that now? The rock opera about the perv. I I truly look. I am a Beatles fan. Right. Well, I, you should know this one. It's their I, biggest record, right? I don't know about a rock opera about a perv. Yeah, Sergeant Peepers. Mm, Sergeant Pepper. No, it's Sergeant Peepers, and that's that's why that song "With a Little Help from My Hands" is 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 so cool because it's uh, part of that. With a little help from my hands. Yeah. No. Okay. Well. All right. Hey, you know, I, I was in a band back in the eighties, late eighties. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What well, what band? What was that like? Well. It, well, first let me say it was the days of hair metal, and you know I was one of those guys fronting a band, wearing a big cowboy hat, a G string, and assless chaps like so many other guys. But you know, yeah, just total run of the mill behavior. Yeah, yeah, and people said, <laughs> I don't want to toot my own horn, but they said I was like if Vince Neil was fourteen pounds heavier and sang fifty percent worse. So you're a worse singer than Vince Neil. Well, he's the best, so I not everybody can be the best. You really think Vince Neil is the best singer? 
Oh yeah, I love when he he does that like screech thing. Ah! Yeah, or yeah. Runs with a screech. You sit, okay, so you like the you like when he screeches instead of hitting a note. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But you you asked our name. We were called Wet Cherry. Wet Cherry. Yeah, but then we found out there were three other wet cherries just in the Quint cities. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a particularly unique name. No, no, I thought it was really cool. So we we had to we changed our name and eventually we changed it to Punktalica. Punktalica. Yeah, but um, what are the odds? There were two of them as well. Yeah, not again, not not exactly breaking new ground. Yeah, and. Uh, we couldn't get a break. We couldn't get anything happening. And we ended up breaking up right then after we couldn't agree on a new name after Punk Calica. And it's lucky for me because the single we recorded, <laughs> it would not win us any woke points today. That's uh, for certain. The single you recorded. Yeah. Uh, okay, please. I got to hear more about this. Remember Reaganomics? Yes. We had a song called Sexonomics. Okay, and what was that all about? Well, Tom, I just want to say now, um, I will not be telling you the opening line of that song. I will never do it. I refuse to do it. I will not do it ever, ever, ever for all those teasing China. Okay? So I'm going to get to it. Wait. Um... Just back that up now, please. Yeah. The, all the what? The the te- You said the te- All those te- Yeah, all, all those teasing China. You, you never heard that? All those te- all those teasing, teasing like aha, I'm teasing you. Yeah. Yeah. China. Now it's it's all the T T E A right in China. been saying it wrong all these years that this that must be why I, I get beaten up all the time that would do it yeah crap okay all right well writing that down okay i, yeah. I, I had the t part for tea part right okay well oh boy <laughs> uh yeah but there's no way i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that uh, the, the opening, the opening line there's of there's no no there's no way of your song Sexonomics? No! I won't. No, I won't. Um, Misfits Claude. Yes. Please. Can you tell us the opening line to your song Sexonomics? Oh, okay, okay. All right. I'll, I'll see if I can remember the melody of it. Um, <clears throat> so it was something like... First, I'm going to tighten my purse strings. Then I'm going to loosen my G-string. But I think you can see that my deposit slip isn't going to fit in your slot. See, it doesn't even rhyme. Like, it's just a bad lyric. It's a bad, it's a bad lyric. So bad. It's, That's it's, a rough it's, one. Yeah. So, it, so it's fortuitous that our single never came out. So you're loosening your G-string. Yes, but after tightening my purse strings. So you're being fiscally responsible. 
Yes. Yeah. To the point of of uh, of annoyance to my partner. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. But you're being erotically liberal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's all part of this thing that our manager Rupert was trying to get going. He was trying to spearhead this new kind of music called love crime rock. Love crime rock? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, he wanted to have all these songs about uh, like crimes of passion or crimes that were committed in the in the course of erotic adventure. He's a very sick mm-hmm, guy, this mm-hmm. Rupert cat. So, yeah. We had this other song that was called Hold On. And Tom, there does not exist a universe in which I'm going to sing you that chorus. There just doesn't. Nothing. Never going to happen. Doesn't exist. Never going to Never. So, Never. So if I ask you nicely. Right. Misfits Claude. Yeah. Would you please tell us the words to that song? Since you are the only person in my life who shows me the respect of, of saying my full name to me, I'm going to make this one exception. Okay. I would love to hear it. So, something like, Yo, you gotta hold on for two more days. Two more days and then we can play. Because that's when I return from my wife's dad's funeral. See, they're having an affair, and in Rupert's mind, it, that was a love crime. And I know it's unwieldy, and I lobbied very hard for my stepdad's funeral, but he didn't go for it. So it was all screwed up. Um, yeah, those are those are some tricky lyrics. They're hard, yeah. hard to root for you. Doesn't make me look good. No, very unsympathetic character. No, you're kind of the bad guy in your own song. Yeah. Yeah. But you're you clearly think you're the good guy. Oh, t- definitely. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm performing a service. But you know, I hope you know, you're the bad guy. I do now. It took me about thirty years to to really uh, mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Yeah, and is that's not based on a real life incident, is it? What would your reaction be if I said it was? Uh, probably not very, very encouraging. I probably might want to hurry, hurry you off the air. What if I said it wasn't, and I was really trying to, to, to clean up the lyrics? Well, that I would, I would probably like that better. But would you believe it? I'd probably have to hear it to know if I'd believe it. Okay. Yeah. I I probably couldn't pull it off then. Okay. All right. Hey, you're a monkeys fan, right? I am. Yes. Well, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and they were saying that the monkeys turned down that song. Remember that song, Sugar? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, honey, honey. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. Sugar, sugar. Yeah. It was a big hit for the Archies, right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, over the course of this podcast, it turns out that Mickey Dolenz, who was the one who was who was furthered this story of the monkeys turning down sugar sugar turns out he he's been wrong this whole time and you know i mean despite him being the nicest person pretty much anyone has ever met Mm -hmm. hands down yeah he this is like a i guess he just kind of had a brain fart of this and he thought it was sugar sugar but the song was actually called sugar man a different song okay 
So, um, which makes sense because I know for a fact that when Archie and Jughead wrote Sugar Sugar, they knew it was going to be a total jam, like a massive number one. So you're saying they, they would could, not let that song go. No, you're saying they could feel the hit potential for that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, they were so excited that it was the first major production for Andrews Jones. So they were, you know, they were, they were really hyped about it. Cause then, yeah, well, I would understand why it's a, yeah. I didn't know that Archie and Jughead wrote it though. Um, oh yeah. I mean, they're animated. They didn't just write that. Yeah. Andrews Jones went on to produce big records for everyone from, Gosh, Grand Funk Railroad to Phil Collins to Motorhead's Orgasmatron. A lot of stuff. Yeah. So but, uh, you're telling me that Archie from Archie Comics. Yeah. And his pal Jughead. Jughead Jones, yeah. Jughead Jones. Archie Andrews. Yeah. And Jughead Jones. You're telling me that they wrote the song Sugar Sugar. Right. And then went on to have a storied career in the music industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pre- Absolutely. Well, you know, but before they were both killed in that, that fudge landslide at the grand opening of, of that short-lived Tasty Cake amusement park in, uh, where was that, East Schwanksville, PA? Is that where it, it was? It was East Schwanksville. Yes. That's a I great memory. Was. Great memory. Oh, my God. And so it was so horrible. They only ever found Jughead's cool hat and only one of Archie's feet. That's it's a tragedy. But you did ask about about them being a cartoon. Most people don't think it's possible for humans and cartoons to interact, but but they do. They do. Yeah, they can breathe our air for sure. And people don't know that there's a rich history of mingling between the cartoon and the live action worlds. Okay, I'd like to hear more about this. Well, the big one, of course, is um, Catherine Hepburn and Jane Jetson having that torrid affair in the early 60s. Okay, that's that's news to me. I didn't realize Very that. dramatic. It's oh, sad. yeah. It was, it, was, it, you know, it was kept out of the, out of the magazines back then because you just couldn't have that. But by all accounts, they would have these giant screaming fights and then Jane would be seen running down Mulholland screaming, nobody will love me! And she's only wearing like a space towel. Very dramatic. Misfits Claude? Uh, yes. I don't know what to, I, this is. You're blowing my mind with all of these things. Well, pull it back on because it's going to get blown apart with these next two bits of science I'm going to drop on your ass. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, 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 Fred Jones uh, uh, of Scooby-Doo, who, who was Jughead's younger brother, Jughead Jones's younger brother, um, he secretly dated Betty White for years in the mid-70s. Fred from Scooby-Doo. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's a good-looking guy, right? Total boy toy for, for her. And who was she? Who, hold on. First of all, you could have yeah. blown you could have stopped at if you were trying to blow my mind, you could have stopped when you told me that Fred from Scooby Doo right. is related to Jughead. Oh they don't talk about it because they hate each other. Okay. Yeah. Now who was Fred dating? Betty White. 
the late great Betty White. This would have been during uh, Mary Tyler Moore. News to me, Misfits yeah, Claude. Yeah. Uh, but 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 then of course you know the, the the big turn with with Fred was him going to jail for placing that hit on the grape ape. Wow, it's blown my mind. Just when I think yeah, I've heard I, everything. I know. I, I don't know what it was about. It was among the cartoons. It was real grease pencil shit. What? God. You real look. You're taking me for a real ride here, Misfits Claude. Hey, speaking of rides. Yeah. The 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 most prominent one of recent days is, is Otto Man. The most recent the most recent what now? The most recent example of of the mingling of of the two oh, worlds. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Otto Otto Man, who a lot of people don't know, his his last name is M A N N, and I'm pretty sure he's Amy Man's cousin. Otto Man. Yeah. You mean like the furniture? I I think that's his that's his name. Otto Man. I mean, it's it's clever and and funny, but yeah, not but really no, not yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. yeah. So, anywho, he's been seeing Charlize Theron for months. Okay. Yeah. He he was kind of Pete Davidson before Pete Davidson. He dated Jennifer Aniston, Amy Adams, Halle Berry. Uh, what's her name? Is Isla Fisher? Is that her name? Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Mm-hmm. She's married to Sasha Baron Cohen, right? That's right. Well, they've got serious beef. Okay, I I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys where women think they can fix him, but he's got too many demons. I think he's going to drive that bus into a lake one day. Yeah, it, it it's a sometimes these projects, these people are are not. They are. It's too much, too far gone. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 too much fame, and they aren't ready. So yeah, it's a whole whole thing. But um, oh, I know what I want to talk to you about. There was a caller a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. who was talking about that docu series. Um, it was called uh, "Stolen Youth." Mm-hmm. It's about the, the older older guy who gaslights smart kids into doing all kinds of things they'd never do. Yes, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I watched it, and the first thing I said when I saw what was going on, I was I said, "These kids got dinosaured." These kids got what? Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Yeah. I had no idea what you're talking about, Misfits Claude. Uh, oh, good. Well, I, I'm glad because I was hoping you you didn't cover this or you wouldn't cover this in your interview with Lou Barlow. But um, the story goes that the only reason Deep Wound broke up is because Jay and Lou were gaslit into forming dinosaur by this. This very intense Amherst College linguistics professor named Dorian. Have you heard this? This is no, I have not heard. Oh my god, it's crazy. So, Dorian was kind of a mentor slash flagrant tyrant to a lot of the kids in the Amherst scene, Mm -hmm. and he slowly took control of Jay and Lou's psyches. Very sick stuff. Sounds pretty pretty demented. Basically dictating everything they read, ate, and thought. Like, he totally controlled them. And they never wanted to stop playing hardcore. They never wanted... Okay. 
yeah, it, it was Dorian who forced them to leave Deep Wound and then play music that he thought would be more palatable to the masses. And Dorian pretty much dictated every move Dinosaur made. Really? Yeah. And when that 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 hippie band, the Dinosaurs, sued over the name, remember mm-hmm. that? I do, I do. Dorian came up with this whole Manchurian candidate thing where Murph was going to exsanguinate John Cipollino, one of the guys in the Dinosaurs. Murph, the drummer from Dinosaur Jr., who was so-called yes. dinosaur at that point, yeah, yeah was yeah. going to exsanguinate John Cipollino, the legendary uh, rock Quicksilver. Quicksilver messenger service guitarist. Yes. Okay. But thankfully that didn't happen because Murph couldn't find the, the the correct clear small plastic cups to put the blood in. It's you know it's like that old axiom that's you know, it, that is true when it comes to exsanguination. Presentation is everything, and it's true. Yeah, you really don't want to just do a, a messy exsanguination where people with no sense of style or panache. When, when those. When those detectives walk in that room and they see those 52 little plastic cups full of, of blood and there's not a spill, there's not a drop spilled, mm-hmm. you know it's all, you know it's all worth it. Yeah, um, well, I I wouldn't, but I'm 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 getting why you said it, but yeah, I know. So so anyway, Dorian was in their in their lives even after Lou left to form Sebado. Okay, he was in their lives. Yeah, okay. yeah. But you know, they, they they were both totally over him, and so Jay eventually got Gold Mountain to pay off Dorian. But Lou was pretty self-contained at this point; he didn't have that kind of machine backing him up. So the only way Lou could get Dorian out of his life was if he let Dorian pick the cover photo for Bake Sale. Yep. Which was a photo of a baby reaching in a toilet i think right yep okay well make that makes sense at least now yeah yeah oh oh yeah. hey you know what i got it's getting weird i got, what's that i gotta get out of i gotta get out of here before one of these before one of these weirdos who came to the studio tonight decides to try me on okay just it's just getting too weird before somebody tries to try you on how would somebody try you on? I'm the Chevy Chase hard hat in your office. Why? You're. I don't understand. I don't understand what just happened. The Chevy Chase show in my office. In my office, I do have a Chevy Chase show plastic hard hat that was a promotional. I didn't know that the Chevy Chase show hard hat just called. 
the show. So the chip. I'll get that hat and bring it in later. I just. My mind is totally blown right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the best show. Um, we're going to hear our amazing session with Lou Barlow. In a matter of moments, I do just want to tell everybody there are certain things that will help you maximize your best show experience. And part of that is supporting the best show and getting everything you can get from the best show. There are some 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 guidelines, and I believe we have them in one condensed form. Can we play that, please? Hey, everyone. It's Jason Gore, a.k.a. Dudio, and I want to tell you about the Best Show Patreon. You can access the Best Show Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thebestshow, and this is where you get all of the Best Show goodies. The ad-free Best Show. Ask Tom. Meet my friends, the friends. Rubenesque. So far, a brand new question and answer show with John and Tom called SNW slash Q&A. And then, of course, you get the Four Horsemen. That is the version of the best show with Tom, myself, Mike, Pat, taking your calls. Kind of like we did over the first part of the pandemic where it was all four of us together. That's what you get with the best show Four Horsemen. It's a show you only get on the best show Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the best show. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I want to tell you this. Two episodes. We recorded two episodes of Sharpling and Worcester question and answer S&W Q&A. We recorded a couple episodes. They are evergreens. They will not go out of date. So do not worry. You're not going to be like, I can't follow everything here. There's talking about the. Dilbert. Now, we're going to drop one, and I'm going to say this. We recorded a couple. It is one of the best things um, we've ever, uh, I've ever been a part of. It was one of the most fun experiences I've had doing anything on this show, doing that with, uh, with John, and it's it's funny and and informative we just i had the greatest time and i can't wait for you to hear it a true high water mark in 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 any version of recording anything and for the show can't wait for you to hear it amazing you're gonna you're gonna love it um and that's Tom, something can i you'd... say something as an outsider sure it was tremendous thank you no i could a... not stop listening to it as it was being recorded, two just brilliant episodes that are not that are nothing alike. No, they're very different. Very different. And it just hearing you guys chat as, you know, the friends and, and you know, partners in comedy that you've been for so many years, it was is unbelievable. If, if you're not part of the Thank Patreon, you, you got to do that right yeah. now to hear. Yeah, this. it's seriously it's I had such a great time with it. I'm glad you thought so because it was truly a blast. And I can't wait for everybody to hear it and see it. We did video for it too, and that'll be on the Patreon. Um, also, I know I get people going, Tom, what's up with Ahoy? 
I'm not going to say anything specific except for this. Hang tight, baby. Hang tight. Hang tight. Ahoy is the filet of fish review show. Just going to say this. Hang tight, baby. Hang tight. So, that's how you get every best show related thing. Um, why don't we check out this amazing session with Lou Barlow? How about that? Uh, we did it last week when Lou was in town recording, um, not recording, performing. So much fun. Get ready. Uh, it's a great interview, great songs. Here is our conversation and performance by Lou Barlow. Take it away. Sometimes we sway, couldn't have it any other way. Now it happened, nobody's happy with it, everybody's living through it, must admit I get into it. Restless eyes closed, 
Maybe it'll go away Please rest tomorrow Bring a satisfied day The restless urge of love that's worth The burning for Surely it's that one forgiving love To give you thought could be the beginning a brand new tangled web you're spinning anyone could be a brand new love any tie that holds can be broken tear your middle world to the open anyone could be a brand new You won't be the first Your twisted chain just normal Gossip dirt Whispered to the nodding head Thrilled you fell apart Instead of them But they will Cause any hope or love can be killed And if you need a different face It's definite time to destroy this place Thought could be the beginning A brand new tangled web you're spinning Anyone could be a brand new love So follow what you feel You alone decide what's real And anyone could be a brand new love Anyone could be I'll do one more. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, what the hell? All right. There is history in this place. Dragons to be chased And though I don't know who you are A mellow voice and a strong A strong heart And a charm in the way you
This is so exciting. I am here with you, Lou Barlow. We've I've known you for a long time, right? Yeah. Right? Yep. Do you remember the first time we met? I do. I don't. Well, get ready for this story, <laughs> okay. Lou. The year was 1990. When did you get kicked out of Dinosaur? 1989. The year was 1989. Okay. Wetlands. Oh. It was early, early Sebado show, just you, Eric. Oh yeah, we kicked we and, kicked Jason out of the band. Uh-huh. Before then, that show so we could make more money. Sure. Oh, that was that was Eric's explanation. Okay. Not my own. Uh-huh. Eric informed me that Jason had was not in the band anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. Because we had we had two I think we had two or three shows. Mm-hmm. And I made a, a tape uh-huh. for the show that had the drums on it. Okay. And then an announcement. I think that was the first time, that was the debut of my show tape. Of the was Sabado. Like, yeah, it was like, Sabado, Eric, and Lou. Yeah. That was. But we didn't, yeah. Yeah. We met. I said to you, hey, uh, my name is Tom. Would you do an interview with me for my fanzine? And then you said, yeah, we'll set it up. And then you proceeded to. You talked to me for two hours about oh, Dinosaur God. Jr. that night. I did that to uh, <laughs> Tim Heinley, too. Uh-huh. From yeah. Dagger fanzine. Yeah. Tim. I did that. Like, any interview that I did, I just vented and trashed mm-hmm. uh, Jay and yeah. Dinosaur Jr. But this wasn't the interview. This was the, hey, we'll do the interview when I get oh. back. Oh. Look, I'll say this. It was the most thrilling thing that ever happened to me. So you don't have to. And this was, it was like the pre interview. Oh, yeah. It this was, was just me. Pre- this like, was just in yeah. per- Like, I, I just used you. I was like, this guy will listen to me. No, but it was, look, it was, it was, you were running hot at the time. I was. You're running hot. I was. And that bill was Sebado, King Missile, Ooh. and Nikki Sudden. Oh. Yeah, it was a crazy show. I don't remember Nikki Sutton. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to have met you that long ago and to have seen every change and iteration and growth and evolution and return and all of that yeah. to where 
we're talking 30 something years later yeah and you're still making music and you're still doing things and you're back in dinosaur obviously what what is like if you had to define the the energy of that point what was what was it the energy of the initial of, just of that era for you was it just were you just in a constant state of that state of agitation yeah i was mm-hmm. and i thought it was entertaining i thought that mm-hmm. was like that i thought that's what i off, i could offer the world mm-hmm. was my anger sure yeah and how did when did that start to change and how does that impact the music and your relationship to music when when just you go through life places circumstances change your relationship to circumstances um change i think uh well i i got a girlfriend mm-hmm. I'm actually i had her in the waning days of dinosaur jr but uh she uh the first time she broke up with me mm-hmm. that kind of like got me on a path of just mm-hmm. and i was writing songs about her yeah and venting and sort of she became my my muse, my 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 broken. I was then started writing songs about being brokenhearted rather sure. than how much I hated Jay Maskus. Sure. So that was, uh, but that, and that was so uh, that your initial relation to music, especially when you started writing these songs, was it felt very immediate, like that, it was almost like it was almost like not not like a soap opera but it was like you could see you could track where Lou was at through the records a little bit. Yeah, I really thought it was important that I do that. I don't know why looking back on it I I think it's kind of a petty. I mean, I I think uh I find it a little embarrassing that I I I felt like I had to really broadcast all of those those grievances and mm-hmm. but it, it did seem really necessary at the time and I thought that I thought it might be entertaining for people. Well, I, I can just say it was it was entertaining, but it was also helpful for me to see what you could do with art. Oh, that you could be that that one to one direct is like I'm feeling this way, and it's literally what I'm going to put in the thing. You're like, yeah, because you were doing it in a way where some things were implied and figurative and stuff, but you knew the pain felt very literal. Yeah. And that was very informative to me. Well, that's really what I took from music. I mean, that's what I took. I guess I just keep seeing his face in my mind. I keep thinking of you know, John Lydon. Mm-hmm. You know, like seeing those interviews with John Lydon, like on Tom Schneider. Tom Schneider, he's like, yeah, do da. Yeah, just yeah. He when it was just he was just it was just aggression and yeah. like, and then also Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. like something like where you're like, ah, uh-huh. is this real? I mean, like you're just just. There were those really amazing moments on live TV mm-hmm. uh, in the late seventies and early eighties that I guess I I don't know I I thought I I thought it was okay to do that I thought it was okay to make people uncomfortable I thought it was okay to speak very literally about stuff that I was going through I thought it was okay to publicly just fucking shit talk people I I just did I just thought it was I thought it was all part of the mm-hmm. part of the game and I thought it was also necessary. I just thought it was necessary. I don't know why. But well, but you it, it's a tricky thing because coming out of the 80s, the transgressive culture of things, it's like, look, I was not going to be doing what Richard Kern did or right. like that's not, I was not cut out for <laughs> that. Right. Like, you know, I'm not Nick Zed. I'm not going to be <laughs> Yeah, that was that I I try to explain that to people that 
I mean, Sebado really came out of a very, that what you're talking mm-hmm. about, transgressive. Yeah. And uh, so when, so as the 90s kind of progressed and then like, you know, Super Chunk, who seemed mm-hmm. very well adjusted. Yeah. And then like Teenage Fan Club came around mm-hmm. and then Pavement. And then all of a yeah. sudden our kind of, that Sebado sort of, the way that I had really uh-huh. grabbed onto things seemed really out of place. And I, <laughs> but but I, I, I started to feel very self-conscious about it. But. Well, I, I understand that, but I can also say that just knowing the other players involved in it, what you were doing always seemed like the rare air where it's just like, if you got the, do you have the guts to go there and write that honestly, and that be that forthright and truly kind of crack your, your head and heart open. Yeah. Like it was, it felt like a bit, it felt like you were putting a challenge out a little bit in some ways to be like, I'll go, all the way down the line <laughs> and like like emotional chicken you're driving and you're not gonna flinch that's true i'm glad you got it i'm glad some people got it i'm yeah. glad some people were there for me and 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 understood that because because it was also funny too like you knew what was funny about things i did and that's what, <laughs> but thank that's, you but that's also what made it work yeah, was that you were better about it it's, you're partly okay. sincere partly funny like you knew like gimme indie rock was like the funniest thing i had ever heard at that point i couldn't believe somebody had just took down the whole thing (laughs) but in a loving way you know you love the music because you're you're you are indie rock you're in it it's not like you're yeah it wasn't absolutely a tribute you know yeah so but to me that was it was just like you're doing that and you're doing the like like your cover of the David Crosby song was just like like that's where I learned that song was right. was through you doing everybody's been burned mm-hmm. and um I had a funny thing where um producers on best show were basically bugging him on Twitter to get him to call in the show they're like call in tonight call in tonight cuz he was pretty active on Twitter and would go mm-hmm. back and forth with people he'd Mm-hmm. Put down Lou Reed. He put down Jim Morrison. It was, seemed like really. Much, oh, he was always like, he hated Jim Morrison, and every <laughs> fifth tweet was about how awful. Right, like, Doris had no soul. <laughs> right. Um. So David Crosby calls in. He says yes. He calls in, uh-huh. and then I'm not prepared for it. So I say, Mr. Crosby, it's so exciting to have you on the show and everybody's been burned is one of my all time the best songs I've ever written top 20 songs ever written and he wow. goes he just goes ah oh, you like the old stuff like he was very bummed out that like oh. then I just was like and I know I've told this story before so people look like, the show's free what do you want <laughs> I might get a rerun every <laughs> once in a while um it's like so then I'm in the, I'm just like no 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 I like it I'm like in the, I'm going like davidcrosby.com and i go like i like lighthouse (laughs) the new album lighthouse and he goes okay okay and then he became incredibly kind and enthusiastic but um so you've always you've always maintained this level of just being just being prolific but but it it seems like early on it might have been coming more from a from a where am i gonna put this Mm -hmm. but as you you get older you're it's not always like this 
Yeah. What is what's your relationship to songwriting now in terms of the emotion and what you need from it? Um I don't know. It's it's evolving. I'm like I I don't know. I I uh I have a really hard time articulating it. Sure. Well, how often do you write songs? Well, I've been writing I've been writing a song a week mm-hmm. over the last two months because I started a, doing a podcast with my wife just for the yeah just to do it and and I think the best because it, it brings back that immediacy that you're speaking mm-hmm. of because that's really like that's something that I I really like is the immediacy just speaking to the moment and mm-hmm. um, so we have my wife and I have these conversations that we record and then. Um, concurrently with that, I try to come up with sounds and things. I sort of shape our podcast like a radio show or like what I would have loved because I've always wanted to have a radio show. That was my one. I've always wanted to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to have like a, a show that had like sound effects and things like well, that. You want to be like a morning zoo. I do. Guy. I've always you, wanted to be that. Who knew? And also this because is... so much of I, I grew up listening to really freeform college radio. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of college radio in my life and a lot of it was like two roommates mm-hmm. talking for like three hours yeah. about dorm politics or something mm-hmm. and yeah, taking yeah. call-ins from kids, like just really off the cuff. And I've always, and I think when I, my wife had wanted me to do a podcast or she wanted us to do a podcast, like when we got together 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but we finally just have some time and I was like, okay, I want to do this. And I want to make it like, so it's bringing back the immediacy and it is making me want to write. So, and I am, I'm writing like song, a song a week and I'm writing like I'm in the middle of writing like eleven songs for uh, full complosion, um, mm-hmm. and you know I I don't know and I I, I want to be surprised by what I hear. I don't know. I guess that's for me is like I want to I do it for myself because when I write those songs when you're referring to these older songs it's like I did it so I could just feel like I wanted that immediacy. I wanted to hear yeah. myself saying those mm-hmm. things. I was really, I wanted to hear it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was the audience. I mean, I, I wasn't, I was the audience. And then maybe Jay, if he, if he ever sure. listened to it, he'd yeah. know. I mean, I, yeah. I always, I was very, I wanted, I was like very like, mm-hmm. I mean, I knew he never would listen and I knew my, my ex would never listen, but, uh, you know, I did want it. I was like, it was, it was a, it was for me, and it was also for just the off chance that maybe they'd actually listen. Sure. You know? The immediacy that is a constant when you think whether it's four track recording, yeah, or just doing it, putting the drums on a boombox and just doing it wherever yeah. you want, or now just podcasting. It seems like that is something that's been pretty appealing to you. And I've always, I've heard you talk the the opposite about kind of like that 90s era of having to be in a studio yeah. and really like what what is it is it the lack of the lack of immediacy that makes that um that made that kind of a bummer or was it all the business surrounding it it was that was it and also because it, it became about the live shows because that's how mm-hmm. i started i supported myself as an adult so i realized i was like okay uh I've got to play shows mm-hmm. and, and that's how I'm going to make money. Cause I actually need money yeah. and I want to move out of my parents' house. And, um, so I knew, so it became about the live shows. The nineties for me were all very, I mean, it was really about live shows. And mm-hmm. I mean, I actually, my favorite bands of the nineties, I don't listen to their records. I liked, I just remember the, the shows were what made it mm-hmm. so great to me. Like, like who, 
who's oh just god there's uh, there was so many good band i mean uh-huh. great live band. i mean oh don't make me <laughs> if we could we could start talking about it and i could oh, I, yeah yeah I, no, we, I, I could hit a mine of like mm-hmm. i mean i just saw some i mean god even bands like i think i saw railroad jerk once and mm-hmm. they sounded like the most incredible band i'd ever heard pussy glory were amazing there's yeah. it just you can just i just thought oh, the I, 90s were great i mean mm-hmm. i for the music that i love of the 90s i what i really loved was like nwa like the immediate mm-hmm. like the and then like and the swans and like this angle i, I loved yeah. the like and the swans were more 80s anyway now i'm getting in our sure no but, but, but I, the, it, I know what you mean it's like because look it was a fun time you would go to a show and it would be there would be like five great bands on a yeah bill. And like, like I can't. The amount of times I saw some of these bands, like Unrest, I would just see, and mm. I would be just like, they change so- sound every album, and it's yeah. exciting. Like, and you're following it, and just seeing everybody live and kind of sharing the experience, yeah. it really was. And like yeah. Railroad Jerk's kind of a perfect example of that, where it's just like, you see it, and you're like, like I think they're my, they might be my television. Yeah. And then like you listen to the record, like, oh, it's. A, really good record but yeah, it's jesus just like, lizard were like that for me like, holy just jesus absolutely lizard. brought it yeah down like live but I, I did i ever listen to those records at home no yeah i i mean <laughs> big black mm-hmm. incredible live yeah I, I, so much of that music really translated mm-hmm. really well live mm-hmm. and but it, it but it did and then once my band got yes once the once people were listening and once the we were on record labels, and once people were talking about radio stations, and mm-hmm. yes, it got complicated. Yeah, and then it just gets a little less. What what would you tweak in that if you could go back and just what would you do differently? I would have just kept recording everything on four track and never mm-hmm. stopped. Okay, just not even yeah, like, taking the. Oh, bait. you want me to go to the studio? Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> like here's yeah. You know, I would have I would have taken the more of like I think guided by voices because. I mean, I was never a huge Guided by Voices fan, mm-hmm. but I think looking back, when people go like, oh, B-1000, are the, and these are these alien lanes, these are the, mm-hmm. these definitive records. And I think of Sebado at the same time trying to like, you know, we were basically trying to just, we were just doing this endless studio uh, turd polishing, whereas we could have just done a fucking, put mm-hmm. everything on four track just like we did before, and it would sound great, and yeah. it sound better now. Yeah, it would have actually aged much better if we had maintained that. Mm-hmm. If we had maintained the immediacy. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I I get that, and it's 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 interesting that you've um, you've gone through these eras, and I look, I think one of the most remarkable things is how Dinosaur Junior, you came back, you picked it up, and it's I I can count I can I can't even think of any other bands that have picked it back up and maintained an equivalent quality level as as you three did it's it's like it's it's it seems impossible in a way to just make great records again after what 15 years it's a a lesson that you learn from the ramones you know like Mm -hmm. you're like they had a sound and they kept that sound and of course Mm -hmm. the records varied in quality but we're we know well enough Mm -hmm. we take the lesson of the ramones which is Uh like break up during the whole middle period uh-huh. where you start to hate each other. Sure. <laughs> Just so you, totally break up, uh-huh. then go back. And then because we have that, I mean, Dinosaur Jr. have, have a sound that's very, it's totally idiosyncratic. It totally mm-hmm. has to do with the three of us together, much like the, you know, the original lineup of yeah. the Ramones or the lineups of the Ramones. 
or just Johnny Ramone's guitar playing. Sure. And he's playing and uh, Joey's singing. Um, we had a sig- we had a sort of a signature sound, and Jay is smart enough. I'm smart enough to know that, like, yeah, you don't fuck with it. Yeah, but but it's it still feels it's it's great to see a band that I love so much have a sense of purpose. Also, it's not just any. It's not like you guys are just running the three albums over and over again. It's like you go out, you have new albums, and yeah. it just the band has a a two feet in today yeah and it's not just a uh nostalgia trip no and i think I, that's I what makes the difference yeah i don't know how i mean i do know how it happens but it's just this personal mm-hmm. it's just that, that we just we haven't really changed uh-huh. well, <laughs> the relationship uh-huh. the relationships that we have between the three of us hasn't really changed in any significant way um and and I think that we just we just know we know enough about music and we love music enough to know that like you don't fuck with something mm-hmm. that's you know. yeah. And I love it, it, there's an exciting thing when you guys play. It's almost like you've you you're ramping up during the show. Like it's almost like you're like you can watch the three of you like finding the next gear as the show goes oh, on, cool. okay. and it builds and builds and builds. It's kind of like like what is the how. It, what is the closest you've come to being jam band adjacent at this? Not that you are in any way, shape, or form jam band, but people like guys with long hair that play solos and tour yeah. a lot. Like yeah. that seems to be like like maybe we can invite them into our thing, even if you're not the thing. Um, well, I mean, I think there's a, there is a desire among mm-hmm. with the band's management, I would say, mm-hmm. and even with Jay. To definitely tap into that, but uh, Murph and I are so elemental, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> and also there's almost no room for like real improvisation from Murph and I. Sure. So we maintain like a very like Jay can he can play. I mean he's playing leads right now. He's probably sitting in the back of a car. Going, <laughs> uh-huh. And he that's just he just has uh-huh. a constant. There's just a constant lead going on. Mm-hmm. With him. Okay. Uh, Murph and I. We really, we are, we keep to the most basic things, the basic chord structures. We never go off. Mm-hmm. And when we, and when we did in the past and when we have, uh-huh. it doesn't go that well. Okay. So, uh, so we, we nail it down. Jay can do whatever he wants. Okay. But I think that there is, there is a desire. There is, I mean, we, we played a show with a, we played this big show called the Christmas Jam in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. And, uh, a, December, I believe, <laughs> the Christmas Jam and uh, Government Mule host this thing. All and, right, we're getting and, closer. Uh, we had a big, and all these other bands played, mm-hmm. and we had I, I had we had our picture taken with a uh, whatever the bass player from the Grateful Dead. Oh, What's Phil Lesh. Phil Lesh. Look, I hate I, I know all I know so much about them, and I do not enjoy their music. Yeah, I I yes. So, there's people like that where it's like. I've read like three Frank Zappa books and I cannot <laughs> stand Frank Zappa. But I'm like, I'm weirdly more compelled by yeah. the artists I don't like their it's, actual music. Yeah, his, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but Grateful Dead, it's like, ah, oh, hey, it's a book about what happened after Jerry died. It's like, just let me start reading that. <laughs> and it's just like, do you know any of this music? No, I don't. And the ones I've heard, I think, are awful. And. Yep. But it just like gives totally me more. Identify, I totally identify with yeah. that. I'm, I find them very interesting, endlessly yeah. interesting. But I, I do not. 
care to listen to their music. Yeah, and then some of the bands I like, it's like, what am I going to They don't have stories. They make records. Mm-hmm. That's what the thing is. Maybe if they were worse at music, I'd be, be like, well, there's got to be some <laughs> other story in here or something. It's, it's true. Most of the biographies I read are about bands that I don't really care about. <laughs> yeah. It's just because if you cared, you'd be like, ah, the music might be enough for me. And you don't want to dispel the magic with it. What, what one final thing, and then we'll let you get to it. Um, what um, you came up a hardcore kid, and but you clearly had interest in other things. Mm. I I can relate to that. Where I was, I remember one birthday, I got no, one Christmas, I got money, and I went to the record store and I bought um. Bought uh, Metal Circus by Who's Gonna Do? I bought a live uh, Rolling Stones video. Let's spend the night together. Okay. That, and then I bought um, Welcome Back, My Friends, to the show that never ends. A three LP uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer oh, dear. record. And the person at the store, and probably if I remember that day, those three, and okay. it just makes no sense though to be buying like a Who's Gonna Do and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. At the same time, but but you clearly had some version of that going on where you were interested in quieter things while also interested in hardcore. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I, I, I I've were, were you keeping some of that secret of like that side of things? Well, um, I I just I I always think of like 1980. Mm-hmm. Hit radio, hit radio in the 1980s, like sure. 1980. Let's just say 1980. Okay. It was really chaotic. I mean, you like you had like the Flying Lizards. Yeah, Flying you had Lizard. Aria Speedwagon. Speedwagon. Yeah, Grandmaster. Uh, the first like rap with is it the Furious Five? You know, like yeah, Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, what well, wasn't it was? Well, no, you had you had, like well, the Rappers Delight. Rappers Delight. Yeah, and like these things were all one after the other, yeah. and then like uh, Whip It. Mm-hmm. And the B fifty twos and Juice Newton and Boston and Juice Newton and Juice also. Newton. Don't forget Juice Newton. No, do not forget. I mean, it was just, it was kind of chaotic. Yeah, it was like the, it was clearly the end of one thing was dying and another thing hadn't been yeah, born and, yet. And like, and disco was still kind of holding on. And then like, and then you know, I don't know, England Dan and John Ford Coley sure. are like, yeah, and bread and, and those and those songs are all still being Ronnie Millsap. Yes, and people like. uh Randy Van Warmer, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Rocky Burnett. Which one's tired of towing the line? Oh, great song! Yeah, I mean, just like, but it was like it really was like this strange urban cowboy combined with yeah. Saturday Night Fever. But then sure, there's Rhinestone New Wave cowboy. also yes. happening. Yes, and then there's like then you also still have like. These old timers are still hanging around, you mm. know, like Frank Sinatra was still like an active concern <laughs> then. Yeah. It's just very strange. And he recorded that. One of my favorites is the trilogy album where it's three albums. One's in the past, one's the present. Okay. And then he does the future. Oh, which is. I didn't know that. Have you heard that, <laughs> Brett? He's him. go. It's basically if you ever wondered what it would sound like if Frank Sinatra was on a spaceship. And well, he's like going to Uranus. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing 
imaginable. Know, I, the future. For look, you just look. Frank Sinatra. The future. I'm amazed that like his his estate keeps it in print. So that they right. wouldn't just be like, oh, this was right. a, this is not a good one for Frank. <laughs> Let's take this one out of print. But it was a very weird time yeah. because MTV had yet to show up. MTV's a year or so right. away, and that's when that was. That's that was pretty much foundational for me, where I would just be consuming all of this stuff. Right, and uh, turning Japanese by the Vapors was yeah. like a regional hit. Mm-hmm. It was, or I don't know what you would call it. Even I mean, and I, I, my first, my I think you might call it hate speech at this point. <laughs> <laughs> turning Japanese, I oh, think that's, that's right. what we maybe well, call yes. it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is yeah. a fun. <laughs> Back then, turning Japanese, shut up a you face. <laughs> All those hits like that. Right. Like, just like cool novelty hits. Yeah. And, uh, Pac-Man Fever. <sighs> Buckner and Garcia. And then, I mean, one of the first, and then one of the first albums that I bought, mm-hmm. um, besides, you know, when I bought a couple of Beatles records, mm-hmm. uh, I bought a record called Wanna Buy a Bridge on Rough Trade Records, sure. Rough Trade US Records. Like, I mm-hmm. think, I swear, I think it's like 1980. It's a compilation that's like all over the place. Yeah. Like punk and then like just and what we would call post punk now. Yeah. And a lot of female fronted bands. Mm-hmm. And that was like I was listening to that. I found that at a record store for five dollars. Yeah. And so yeah, I just I just I wanted that kind of chaos, yeah, that really excited me. And then I I love acoustic guitar and I love John Denver. Mm-hmm. I fucking love John Denver. Yeah. So all of the stuff was just in you. Yeah. And it's amazing you found avenues for all of it. I'm I'm trying. Well, you're you're doing more than trying. You've got your morning radio show now. I got I got which my is one your hour podcast. <laughs> That's right. Do you have any we need to get you some proper AM radio bumpers for the show. Oh, I'm going to make them. I don't know if you've I've I've been doing these redoing a uh, Toy commercials, mm-hmm. like I did a uh, Inchworm, okay, Light Bright, uh huh, Digger the Dog. <laughs> I mean, like just like uh-huh. where I go in and do note for note, mm-hmm. perfect. I mean, in my opinion, yeah. absolutely perfect. Melted renditions of these of TV commercials, mm-hmm. and then then I realized I could match them up to the old commercials that I could download uh-huh. off of YouTube. That's so that's amazing. that's been a that's a recent passion. Okay, yeah, and then also getting back that the. The show tape thing, like Sebado, where but yeah. it's now it's like I just yeah I loved you know just distorting the voice, slowing it down, using the four track, and it was so funny. I mean, as an audience member, to just be at the thing, you're playing the most heartbreaking song, and then suddenly it's like <laughs> a comedy routine starts, and then another sad song, and then a comedy routine. I wanted, uh, yeah, I wanted like just it was like a psycho, Disney movie, psychodrama, yeah, like the right. emotions change every. Five yeah, minutes. like the fuck, like fucking Wizard of Oz, like yeah. flying monkeys and yeah. fucking, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, and just and just like and then also just when I when we did play live mm. to be almost like he he just might do something really terrible right yeah. now and I would yeah. I would I've I bloodied myself mm-hmm. we had fights on stage Eric Ga- Eric Gaffney <laughs> we had shows where uh-huh. he'd leave the state we we were doing the side stage of Lollapalooza. He would like I don't know what happened. One of these shows, he got he got upset, left the stage, and just started throwing rocks at Jason and I. 
These uh-huh. are really, but I mean, I remember, you know, when that stuff was happening, I was like, I was like, this is, this is good. This yeah, is, this is, this is a good I'm thing. Home. This is, this is what uh-huh. we're sharing something important here. <laughs> yes, exactly. You found each other. We found no. each other. This is great. I was very disappointed when he, he left the band when it was too much. I was like, what do you mean? That this, yeah. this is great. <laughs> yeah. It was, and this is one final I do. I saw you play. It was the greatest. There was this New York Times article. Sebado, look out. They're coming to New York. Remember, there was like a big write-up. Oh, yeah. Big write-up. Yeah, my, my ex-uncle-in-law had that laminated, and it actually was sitting next to my son's lizard cage. <laughs> you play. You were, it was like, say it was on Friday night, Sebado playing CBGB's big yeah. big show. I think mm. like it was like Teenage Fan Club were on the bill. Everybody's on the bill. Mm. But it was like... All eyes are on Sebado, but then I go the night before to see you in Princeton, oh. and you play. And first of all, I'm like, "There's a child in the band now." Apparently, there's a, <laughs> that's right. He was like Jason. We took we took it. I took a Jason's first tour tours with Sebado were as a, a high school dropout. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but you played. You're in a room. There might have been forty people in the room. Yeah. The most killer show imaginable. You were really? destroying the thing. Every song you want to hear. Tight, hits, boom, tight? boom, boom. Wow. Awfully tight. I find that hard to believe. Then you show up at CBGB's and you do a 15-minute version <laughs> of Oven is My Friend. <laughs> you start punishing the audience after the New York Times article. All these people just like, well, i got to check this out. Oh, God. And then you brutalize them. Which taught, look again. I learned so much from that. You can't, people can't, you can't just give them what they want. Oh, no. You knew they needed that that night. They needed that <laughs> 15-minute version of Oven is My Friend. We were probably very tired and very stoned. <laughs> we, went, I tripped on acid the night uh-huh. before, which is, mm-hmm. that surprises me that it was a tight show. It was amazing. Tripping on acid mm-hmm. and trying to play rock music is really difficult. Well, you figured it out that night. Thank God. That's and so cool. Then, no, but that was amazing because it was always just like seeing that show and I was like, that's my Sebado. <laughs> you got it, Tom. The, we didn't we want did this, but you. we needed it. No, and, but uh-huh. What is 2023 like for you? What, what's what's in the cards? Uh, just writing and recording and and just trying to just doing these, doing this, just talking to my wife and recording it. And, mm-hmm. I did an interview with my six-year-old. We did a Taylor Swift episode. I did a fucking completely melted cover of a, a new Taylor Swift song. Uh-huh. Just, I mean, that stuff's really satisfying to me. Yeah. Just doing like, just taking a song and just, my wife tells me that I should not use the word destroy Okay. when I'm talking about doing this. But, but yes, climbing inside of songs and just just rotting them from the inside sure not destroying them just not destroying them from the inside <laughs> i shouldn't even be saying she would she would not approve of me saying rotting mm-hmm. reinterpreting them sure you're reinterpreting them <laughs> yeah and, and they, uh but i yeah i, I talked die shortly thereafter i fuck i i know I, t- I had a 13 minute conversation with my six-year-old mm-hmm. about music and that's going to be on the podcast next week it's amazing and that's fun. To, that's what I want to do. And then I don't know what I'd, I actually, it's kind of a scary year because I really don't have a lot of touring. I don't have a lot. I'm not really having, I don't really have a job right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, uh, maybe get you a morning show somewhere. Oh, you God. Could, 
Lou, Lou in the AM, be the greatest uh, thing. I would, I would, I'd love that. Traffic on the ones. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> well, look, all these dreams have been coming true. Yeah, one more in the. And one more in the chamber. No, I, I know I've I've got dreams. That's the that's been the greatest thing about 2023 is to realize I still have dreams. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to do everything I can within my power to get you a morning radio show. That's my promise to you. Or just um, do the I'll, I'll do the bumpers. Okay, I'll do that. Well, Lou, seriously, this is such a thrill. You're one of my all time so. favorites. Thanks for doing this. No worries. <laughs> How'd you like that, huh? Right? Lou Barlow. Interview, performance. That's how you do it on the best show. You think we're messing around? We ain't messing around. That's the God Lou. We're just starting off, baby, too. I'm telling you. Look, I have Lou in here every week. And also, Lou's podcast that he does... Uh, with Adele. Is Adele his wife, I believe? Sorry. Amazing podcast. Raw impressions. I've been listening to it. Love it so much. Um, yeah. Lou Barlow. Hero. Yeah, I love him. Also say, yeah, again, I, I he helped me. His, his honesty and his songwriting and and his the way he approaches his art definitely helped me so much with uh with when I wrote a book he was it was it was the kind of thing while I we are not doing the same thing he does not I do not make music um there's something to that level of of just raw brutal honesty that makes it um gives you kind of permission to go there and that's what it, it did and i just knew if he can do it with his songwriting i can do it uh with the book and that's what we did and uh, i'll just for that alone i'm i will be i am grateful to him um let's see what's going on phones 201 989-0012. Let's see. Uh, let's go to the phones. Hello, best show. Hi. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? Uh, this is Matthew in Iowa. Matthew, this is one of my favorite callers. Matthew, you are. There is a pyramid. It is shaped like this, pyramid-shaped. And this is where you are on that pyramid. Top. Oh, let's see, I can't do it with... I need a third hand to do it, but it. trust me. <laughs> top of the pyramid. Quality caller, always. 
Matthew brings it. What's going on, Matthew? How are things in Iowa tonight? Oh my god! Oh, it's cold, but I my I am so I am so warmed from watching that whole interview with Lou. I've had just a big smile on my face for That's, like an hour. Oh, that is a total uh, is totally uh, reciprocated. That's why we do it. Matthew is so that we can all feel good about it. And I felt as good about it as you did. And that means the world to me that, that it meant that uh, much to you and that we didn't blow it. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no. I, um, I, the whole time too, I kept thinking about uh, my, my introduction to Subido was actually uh, the Gothic you covering uh, perfect power on that first tape. That's right. Now, for people who don't know Matthew, you are an enthusiast, a cassette enthusiast, uh, shrimper uh, for cassette labels like Shrimper and Sonic. Help me, Sonic. Sonic Enemy. Sonic Enemy. That there were all these cassette labels in the 90s, and there still are are cassette labels, and Shrimper's still doing their thing. God bless them. But the cassette, and I'm going to give an advanced plug right now, and I usually don't do this. Mark Masters Ooh. is a uh, is a, a critic, an amazing music uh, critic. Really, one of somebody who has provided so much guidance in terms of being so enthusiastic about music, and not just like a snarky uh, watch me. Uh, punch a hole in the side of this thing type of critic, which, look, I understand that. I'm much more of that kind of person than not. Um, Matthew wrote a book called... Mark wrote a book. You're Matthew. I don't know if you wrote a book yet, Matthew. Mark Masters... Not yet. Oh, God. It's good someday. Mark Masters wrote a book about the history of the cassette tape that I got to read an advanced copy of um it comes out later this year it's such a great book and people are really gonna um people are really gonna appreciate because it's the adventure there's like an adventure to it the cassette was liberating it was a chance music was in the hands of the people with the cassette for the first time ever it freed people from the from vinyl being the only means of of mass distribution you can't distribute a reel to reel it's too big eight tracks not enough freedom you can't fast forward can't rewind here comes the cassette look at that fast forward rewind pause jump all over flip sides put whatever you want on it you buy a cassette you don't like it you pop the tab and you tape over it freedom this book is so good you're gonna love this book matthew I can't wait. That's uh, I, I was looking for your retweet about it. Uh, October out of University of North Carolina Press. I'm well, look excited. At this, look at this, Matthew. Could you be more? Could you <laughs> deliver more on a call? You're finding my tweets, telling me what I tweeted. What? Uh, so what's going on, Matthew? How are you? I'm well. Um, I was actually I was calling. Uh, I figured uh, it now it might as well be as good time as any if you're going to have some old school stuff on to just like talk about 18 wheeler a little bit if you wanted. Oh no, Matthew, you want. 
want to talk. I did a fanzine <laughs> when I was a little boy, and uh, it was called 18 Wheeler. And then I started running a like a, a, a record label called 18 Wheeler, and I was putting singles out and a couple LPs. And it should be conscripted to the sands of time, drifting away just like pet rocks and panini <laughs> panini makers and all the garbage not that this is garbage but it, it was in the past but matthew and a few other enterprising young people will not let that happen apparently they will not let nature take its take its sweep my past away into the dustbin of history what do you want to know about the fanzine matthew oh i mean it's so like how i mean like you put out like one of the best refrigerator records that's like unquestionable 33 Um, and a third long player it was an lp we did of the band refrigerator who are one of the uh my favorite rock bands ever they were the kind of the home band for Shrimper Records, because Dennis Kalachi ran Shrimper and also was the guitarist in Refrigerator. Uh, Dennis's brother Alan was the singer, so there's definitely a home court thing going on with Refrigerator. I put out an LP, their first uh, vinyl long player. And I remember the covers came back from the printer and they were so <laughs> ugly. I almost cried. I probably did cry. I don't know what I'm saying. Almost. I'm sure I broke down. I remember crying after the second issue of 18 wheeler came back from the printer. And I thought it was so ugly. I almost thought about throwing them all in the ocean and uh, like literally almost threw them all in the ocean. And but these covers came back and they were so horrendous. They were so glossy. And, and I remember telling Dennis, it's like, they're so ugly. What are we going to do? And Dennis just said in classic indie spirit, he's like, yeah, well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's throw some paint on them. Let's, uh, let's do something to them. Like, let's just start messing with the covers, spray paint all over them, splash paint, whatever it takes to make them interesting. And I went, nuts in the backyard spray paint and and now the covers are beautiful i think i think they're beautiful they all perfect they all had different spray paints on them just amazing so cool and um yeah so that was one of the things that was like and that it was a good lesson in terms of there are solutions and they do not have to be costly solutions somebody else would say these covers are ugly. Shred them, destroy them, and reorder new ones. I didn't have money to do that. I had to figure <laughs> a solution out. Just throw some paint on them. That was the solution. But it, but th- that kind of thinking is very informative uh, in, in the creative side of things. You realize sometimes you got to figure out Solutions that aren't uh, throwing money at something. 
No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I think I have seven copies of that record oh with, my different, God. with radically different spray paint covers, oh. just because they are they are they are very dear to me, Tom. Oh, Matthew. Wow, Matthew, what am I gonna do with you? <laughs> seven copies of the album. That's more than I had. That might be no. I have more than that. Um, I'm trying to get you caught up on stuff, though. I sent you a tape. You did. You're working hard. <laughs> no, I love it, Matthew. You're you you are an inspiration. In, in all seriousness, Matthew is such a huge music fan, and you will set out and drive state to state to see the bands you want to see, and you go on full pilgrimages and full adventures because that's how much the music <laughs> means to you, and it is. Uh, truly inspiring to see you love what you love so much to where you shape it shapes the way you live your life and that is a very beautiful thing so i tip my hat to you matthew even though i don't have i mean i don't have a hat but (laughs) i'll imagine a hat yeah well you you know you're i i feel like i feel like you know you get it you're you're the one who wrote about 18 wheeler that it's, you know, it's mere existence meant the world to me. And that's, uh, that's how I feel about the work I get to do. Amazing. Well, keep going. Let me know what, what's the next adventure. What, what's the next thing for you, Matthew? Um, mountain goats are touring in April and I can only do Saturdays cause I have a normal nine to five again. Mm-hmm. So the Saturday shows in order I'm going to, I think are Alabama, Detroit, and um, uh, Tulsa, I may be out of order, but Amazing. I'm going to try and do all those from Iowa on a weekend out and back. Wow, very cool, very cool. <laughs> Serious, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's very cool. You're going no, for it. I know. That's what you got to do, Matthew, you, in Tom. life. All right, my friend. I will talk to you soon. Oh, you know okay. it. All right. Okay. Bye. Matthew, living the life. Like Corn said, got the life. Got the life. Remember that video when it's like, no, no, man. When Corn is like, the two guys are like, we got our car. It's so annoying to be this rich. And then they see some guy on the street down on his luck and they go, Hey man, here are the keys to the car, and they throw the keys to him, and then he's driving the car, and I think he crashes the car in the video. What are you doing, Corn? What are you doing, Fieldy? Is that really how you operate, Monkey? Fieldy Monkey? Sounds like a children's book, Fieldy and Monkey. And seems like something that Nathan Gilgood would uh, be responsible for the author of the the illustrator. I am the co-author of My Pet Fly. More news on My Pet Fly coming soon. Hello, Best Show. Hello. 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 Hi. Welcome. Tom, is that you? It is me. What's up? Who's this? Hey, Tom, this is Ron on the Central Coast. Ron! Of California. How's it going, Ron? It's going really good. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. Um, what's uh, why, 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 what led you to call tonight, Ron? I had to call because I just listened to the best show gems episode where you talked about the Maxell 360 tape. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was curious, was there ever such a thing? Because I thought it was a joke, but I, for all I know, it was a real thing at one point and it cracked me up. There were 180 minute tapes. That might've been a joke. Right? Might've been a joke. That's what I thought. Were there 180 minute tapes or 120 minute tapes? A 180 minute tape would just break. Exactly. And yet the 360 had me laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. And that's all. I, I just didn't know if that was ever such a thing. And I don't know. I haven't well, thanks, Ron. looked at a cassette tape. Well, Ron, that's get all. ready. Get ready just, for this book, Ron. Anything else? I got to get another call here. And then I got something else I got to move on to, Ron. I'm not trying to rush you off the phone, but I just want to get to the good stuff. What do you got, Ron? You did it, rat bastard. There we go. I love you. Thank you. Get on to your next call. There we look Thank at this. See, so this is that's the sign of somebody who gets it and the humility to go. Tom, take the next call. Hello, best show. Hey, Tom. How's it going? This is Dan in Amherst. Dan in Amherst. How are you, Dan? Very good. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. What's uh, what's going on? Uh, well, I, I I wanted to call and uh, say that that uh, that Lou Barlow interview was uh, fantastic. Amazing! Um, it's always you. great to hear Lou. Thank you, thank and, you. And uh, yeah, I saw him in uh, Amherst play like yeah. uh, about a month ago. Amazing! And, uh, he He's was great, like phenomenal. I saw him play here. He played no joke, almost three hours. He he, he like. Uh, he, he, he came, when he came up on stage, he said he was uh, kind of nervous because he wasn't like playing in front of a hometown crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and like some guy shouts, you're among friends, Lou. And uh, uh, I, I brought my daughter to that show because mm-hmm. she, she heard his solo album. I was playing it that week. Mm-hmm. She's five and she plays a ukulele. He plays a ukulele. And she was yeah. like, I want to go. And I'm like, all right. So Lou uh, uh, was, was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was digging it. And I thought of something on the best show. I thought about your, you know, uh, the, the we one story. When I saw uh, Nick, the, uh, Nick cave the- and the guy just at the, in Toronto, when I was in Toronto and the guy goes, Oh, mm-hmm. I brought the we one with me. And, uh, so exciting. I get the wee one to see Nick Cave. It's very exciting to see the bad seeds. Figured the wee one. It's like, if you say we one more time, one more time, we were talk about taking me out of the moment. The we you're seeing Nick Nick Cave and the guy's going, Oh, the we one. What am I at? Color me so mine that now? That story was in the back of my head. Well, you brought the we one to a Lou Barlow show. Thinking of that story. Uh, you don't worry about it. Now, Dan, I wish I could talk to you longer. I can't. I can't. No we got something going on. No here. problem. I just I wanted to call and say Well, thank, thank you, you sweetheart. Great I interview. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. 
Now, this next thing, I told you there might be a surprise tonight. Remember I said there might be a surprise on the show? I said there might be a surprise on the show. I'm being told the surprise, the surprise went from being theoretical. Now, I'm being told it's all too real now. I'm being told that this surprise is going to happen, and it is already happening. Can I please bring my guest into the studio? But whatever you do, don't show the thing until we can cut over to the guest. Can we even kill the screen, please? Kill the screen. Can you kill the camera, the main camera? There we go. Is it dead? No, it's not dead. There it is. Now it's dead. All right. Come on in. Come on in. Here we go. Look at this. It's so exciting. Sit over there. Be great. This is so exciting. Can you believe this? Nobody believes. Nobody believes. No, it's not Tommy Stinson. I'm looking at the chat. The Muppets are not here. Nobody from Humble Pie is here. Barry Keegan is not here. Gary the Squirrel's not here. That's coming soon. Coming soon. And we also will be doing the Gary the Squirrel talk show very soon. Um, get ready for that. It, in, in a few weeks, I would say. Wouldn't you say in a few weeks? Oh, yeah. Two weeks. Oh, that, that's the. I hate when you do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't care. All right. Now, do me a favor, please. And let me welcome to the Best Show studio. And first of all, can we cut the heat? Can we cut the heat? It's hot in here. What am I being cooked for supper? They can't even make jokes in your presence. You're too intimidating. I respect this next person so much this is one of my favorite entertainers on the entire planet i have spent more hours watching this entertainer's entertainment and no it's not lana del rey we're still working on that don't worry it is my pleasure to welcome to the best show. Nardwar is here. Hello, Tom Sharpling. Oh my goodness. How the hell are you? 
are you? I can't handle it. How this the is, hell are you? Thank the, you. Oh my! Thank you for the email today. That email. <laughs> you email me today, and then classic Grant Lawrence of yeah. the Schmugglers. Yes. Classic Grant Lawrence of the Schmugglers. Yes. Well, thank you for British sure. Columbia, Canada. Yeah. You know Grant from the Schmugglers? I know the Schmugglers. I don't know Grant necessarily. You know uh, uh, the Schmugglers, the new sure. photographers. You know. Yes, you're, of course. You're done with that. Yes. He would say to me, um. Nardward, you're on the best show? You're on the best show today? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the best show with Tom. And Grant would say, who canceled? Oh, Ba-boom! Grant, I want to look right in the camera. Grant from the Schmugglers. Ba-boom. And also, I brought with me Jones from Los Angeles, California, who today had been taking me around to various locations mm. in Los Angeles okay. and telling me about records with his friend mm. Senior Amour, etc. Sure. And Jones also played in a band at 15 yeah. at the Vex in East L.A. with Jones the circle, the circle jerks. jerks, and we had Keith Morris was here a couple months ago. It was very exciting. He was getting ready for his tour, and he was so thrilling to have him here. But now I gotta say, I can't remember this Keith Morris thing. That's been wiped out by not well, wanting human service. That's possibly why. You know, we mentioned Jones, and I mentioned Jones, and I am not aware of Human Serviette live, live with Tom Sharpling on the best show. That's 1-800-563. And Jones, who has been taking me around. In fact, today we are in Boyle Heights, really close to where the Vex was. What record store were we at? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. And the Vex is where the Circle Jerks played. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, Jones saw the second Circle Jerks gig ever. Yeah. So Jones and Senior Moore were showing around LA to all different record stores, including one record store called Gimme. Gimme. Gimme, Gimme, run by Dan, Dan D- Cook. Who, Who saw was... you dressed up as? Help me. Lana. Oh, he saw me dressed as Lana Del Rey on for ha- Halloween. On Halloween. On Halloween, on Halloween. Yes, you went yes. all the way. And he's from New York originally. Now you remember, do you know what band Dan was in? He, he was in a legendary Matador band. The Linfield Pioneers. A Matador label meets with Absolutely. the new photographers. Yes. Shout out. What camera are we looking at right now? This is you. Oh, this Oh, this is me. Shout out to <laughs> Carl Newman from the new pornographers. And actually, I was wondering, Austin yeah. from Canada, did he write the best show theme? He also worked on the We the North campaign. Does that bring back any memories, Austin? Yeah, you're talking about Austin Paycheck, Austin Morrow, who has been a part of the best show. Paycheck. Austin is one of the most talented guys. He's been on the show for so many years. Paycheck from Toronto. His partner, Julia, they are Mr. and Mrs. Paycheck. And for the longest time, they did the theme for the best show. 
And that's some Canadian content. And I thought, okay, Tom loves SCTV. Yes, Tom loves Schloan. But this was so last minute, I yeah. didn't have a chance oh, I wasn't... to pick up the new Sloan to bring you. Hello, Chris Murphy. <laughs> I didn't have a chance to pick up yes. the Bob you... and Doug record, which you already have, I have Robbie, multiple copies of to bring Bob you. and Doug. But I thought, well, gimme, gimme, gimme. Do they have any crystals? The band The Crystals, yes. who influenced Lana Del Rey. Absolutely. And I couldn't yeah. find any. You couldn't so find there's any. no gift to bring to you today. Nardwar. Tom Sharpling. I'm Nardwar, sorry. Nardwar. You are the gift that you brought. You are <laughs> boom. Exactly. You are truly. And you, the Tom, gift. have really helped mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. on WFMU back on WFMU when you had your show was that was being uh, not syndicated but was being rebroadcast on WFMU and then and live we did the live, fun drive show together and I think did you really raise one million dollars for WFMU did I. An incredible amount. I would make... An incredible amount. My, Please note that. Over the years... That is incredible. Well, here's the... My show would make 200 grand... Toward the end, every year... No, let's back we, we up made for 200 a second. Grand. 200 grand? In six hours. 200 grand. In six hours. For one show. For one for show. One, that is incredible. I know, and I was me. I know how incredible it was. No, but I think the listeners may not realize that. Yes. If they have a college uh -huh. radio station... Yeah. Yeah. If the listeners own a college radio mm -hmm. station, they would realize two hundred thousand yes. dollars is not even like the goal for the fun drive. Like, and no, you no. do it no, like no. in one show, yeah, one show, yeah. And that's from Canada, absolutely as well. Well, now here's something for you, Nardwar, the human serviette. And, oh, I was gonna say actually one thing. Sorry, sorry to interrupt well, you, Tom Sharp. Okay, well, and you're still listening to Nardwar, the human serviette, as a guest on sure. Tom Sharpling's best show. Well, first, uh, you hooked me up with I Mark like Marin. You hooked, remember uh, that, Mark Marin? I know, I know. I want to just ask you a question. First of all, who are you? I'm Nardwar, the human serviette from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Dutu Lutu. And why should we care? Why shouldn't you care? In other words, if I can do it, anybody can. That's why you should care. Because I am the poster child for if I can do it, you can too. You know my favorite thing about you, Nardwar, is when somebody goes to you, oh my God, what are you with the CIA? What are you in the FBI? How are you finding this? How did you find this? And your answer to them is, you're blank. We have to do it. And I appreciate Tom's distribution of my content. Like the Dame Lillard interview. You actually <laughs> reposted that. Thank you. 71 points the other night. Um, Dame. Hello, Dame. Damien Lillard dropped 71 points. I refer to him as the Nardwar of basketball. That's what I think Damien Lillard is. He delivers. Hits him from deep, goes in, out, can do anything. Now, I want to ask you this, Nardwar, the human serviette. You have been at this. How long have you been at this? Since October of 1987, oh I got my, my show on CITR radio. But the first interview I ever did was September the 26th, 1985 in high school. Mm -hmm. And you can see it on yes. YouTube. And you're still watching, I hope, Tom Sharpling's best 
show with me, Nardwar, the human serviette, yes. and also Jones, who has accompanied me here at last minute yeah. to the luxurious Best Show Studios. But Thank I you. want to refer back to Dame Lillard. Yes. Thank you for yeah. telling people that that interview exists. Oh, of course. You are one of the few people Nardwar. that got it out there to the world. Nardwar, I appreciate that. Nardwar, you, I am, you do not realize the joy you've, and I'm going to say this, for anybody who's saying, I'm not sure who Nardwar is. Well, first of all, what? How, how are you listening to this show and you don't know what Nardwar is? That's neither here nor there. Nardwar does interviews and they are such at the highest possible level. It's like he goes in and he figures everything out. He knows who you used to skateboard with when you were in seventh grade. He knows the name of the skate park. And he brings, he pulls a record. Remember this band that's, oh my God, my uncle's in that band. He blows minds left and right. What was the first interview where you were dropping things on people and you saw that look in their eyes where you're just like, this is magic? Well, believe it or not, it was September the 26th, 1985, the very first interview that I did because I did an interview with Art Bergman, who was in the band Poisoned, but before he was in the band The Young Canadians, mm -hmm. and they thanked my high school. So I had to ask him, why did you thank my high school? And he said, we thanked everybody else. But I love that. So that was like the first sort of like deep information. Like he thanked my high school. Yeah. So I always look at sure. the notes. Yeah, yeah. And also, I must say, thank you for explaining me to other people. If oh. people want to explain, like, who the hell Nardwar is, because I have a hard time explaining who I am, just type Nardwar into YouTube. Yes. But setting up the Mark Maron interview, sure. you set up an interview, me and Mark Maron. How did you explain me to Mark Maron? I said, Mark, he might scare you a little bit at first. You might get a little scared. I know you're scared of Tamashanters. He's got a distinct fear of Tamashanters. He said, you got to overcome the fear of Tamashanters. So like much like when you get a child, you catch smoking a cigarette behind the shed, you make them smoke the whole pack. I made him wear a Tamashanter and he got comfortable. I said, this guy is going to go soup to nuts through the whole thing. You're going to love him. You might get thrown at first. He's coming on strong, coming on hot. He's starting at 10, and he goes, who knows where the gauge stops with this guy. But you're going to appreciate it in the end because he cares and he loves doing this. And you were not afraid to give... <clears throat> Mark's cell phone number to me, Nardwar, the human serviette. You shared a content, a contact. Thank yeah. you so much. After he uh, told me to, I did not. I just want to say for anybody, just understand this. I do not give anyone's cell phone number out unless they tell me. Yeah, you can forward it along. I wasn't just like, still, hey, Mark, here, hey, Nardwar, here's Mark's number. Anybody else you want? No. But still, you helped broker the interview. You gave me that precious information. In the same way, Drake helped me hook up with Little Wayne. He wasn't afraid to give me mm -hmm. Little Wayne's manager, Cortez Bryant's yeah. phone number. Like, I love that. Thank you. You are Drake. You are Sloan. You are the best show with Tom Sharpling on Twitch and other networks. I just got to say, we're on Forever Dog is this network here. You're in the Forever Dog facility here in North Hollywood, beautiful North Hollywood. Um, when you, 
I just want to tell you this from the bottom of my heart. If I'm ever having a hard time, if I'm ever down in the dumps, I will go to bed and I will just start watching videos of you, whether you're talking to Tyler, the creator or Pharrell, Snoop Dogg, the Snoop Dogg ones I've watched so many times. It is just pure undistilled joy when I watch you make somebody who has done 10 million interviews and you somehow are the exception. One in a, you're truly one in a million with these people, Nardwar. You blow their minds and it it is magic for everybody to watch, suddenly to see Tyler, the creator, light up like a little kid because you surprised them with something. You mentioned Fossilman's down in Alhambra, the ice cream place. He didn't know that was coming. I really appreciate you remembering those little details. I actually remember finding out information, but it's not hard to get information. Most people could get that information, but mm -hmm. they can't be bothered to. It isn't sure. that hard to yeah. get that. Plus, all the people you've mentioned is over a bunch of years. Like, oh, of course. Since 1987. So when you look at it as a whole, it's like, oh, we talked to so-and-so, but it might be like 10 years or five years in between Snoop Doggy Dog interviews. So yeah. I really appreciate you saying that, but I have a lot of more work to do you're to get to the top of the rock it. pile you're doing, i am trying yes you're doing it you're you're not trying you're doing i believe but yoda get, said but that to get up point. to get yes. up to get up would i take a helicopter ride because you have another sort of like there connection to me because sure. of you you turn me on to the insane clown posse could you please explain i tried to give them your record oh, i they, gave them your record nardwar the human serviette Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. They want nothing to do with me. They've made it explicitly clear. You are not alone in giving them <laughs> my product and saying, hey, this guy made fun of you on the air for 40 minutes, but it was with love. As soon as they hear made fun, click. They shut the the, the they shut it off in their head. And I think that summarizes what I do. Other people think that other way and they Spend the time mm -hmm. to give gifts yeah. so it's not that hard. But I thought it was really cool mm -hmm. to give the Worcester and Sharpling vinyl to. Yes, amazing. Clown. And you played the clip. You of did course. play yes. the clip. Yes. Now, what was what is the most expensive gift you've ever given somebody in the course of an interview? What was one that truly, you're like, yikes, I'm breaking the bank a little bit on this one. What's the mo What's the priciest item you've dropped on an on an interview subject? Well, most recently, I think actually, I gave Lizzo a fuzz pedal yes. for her flute. Mm -hmm. I got Adam from Satellite Amps mm -hmm. in Sa in San mm -hmm. Diego to yeah. custom design a fuzz pedal. Yeah. And I've given out a couple fuzz pedals, like given one to Lee Fields, mm -hmm. I've given one to Steve Lacey, to Harry Styles, a whole bunch mm -hmm. of different people have got. So I think the fuzz, like an actual fuzz pedal oh, was a... made by Adam and rest in peace, his good friend, O from San Diego, because yes. O actually turned me on to Adam. So rest in peace to O. Yes. And O is actually going to help with the camera for Harry Styles. That's why I do stuff. Like I'm a one-man organization, a one-person organization. Yes. Like you turn me on to Insane Clown Posse. You turn me on to Mark Marin. There we have Jones take me to record stores as well. Yes. It's like the Nardwar team, thank you, thank you, world. Yes, and I will say...
personally, I did not know O, but I, everybody in my life knew O, and it, it is a huge loss for ever, so many people I know. So, uh, yes, of course, rest in peace. Like, he is, like, such a nice guy. Like, the phone out of the blue was like, oh, I'll do your camera, and I will help you get a custom guitar fuzz for Harry yeah. Styles. Yeah. That's incredible. It's yes. incredible. Yes. And I've not talked to him, actually, in, like, 16 years. He also, oh, brokered my second interview with Henry Rollins. Well, they had, they, you, you brought it up. I didn't bring it up. We're going to talk about, there's the highs of the highs when suddenly Pharrell says, I got to just tell you, this is a special interview. When he says something like that, that's the top. But then, blur. Lee Ronaldo cracking a record. How does a Nardwar the human serviette deal with that level of confrontation and and dare I say ugliness in the face of something so pure as this guy? Well, I he just... buys a hundred dollar record and Lee Ronaldo sees if he can snap it over his knee. And then I heard uh, Vish took him to task for it. I don't buy. I love Lee Ronaldo to the end of the world. He said, well, Nardwar was being funny, and I figured we'd be funny back. Strike three. You're out. I Noise man. I don't actually think in those terms. I just think when that's happening, what is next question to move on <laughs> to? Like, so I go along with my list. And actually, well, I would love to go freeform and have no mm -hmm. list. But a lot of time, as you will know, yeah. Tom, I don't want to take a lot of time. You mm -hmm. don't have a lot of time to interview somebody. No, no. Like a lot of time. Yeah. Behind that door is Lady Gaga. Yeah. You have 10 minutes. So you're like, you run in, talk to Lady Gaga, and get the hell out of yeah. the room. Oh, yeah, because like, you, you know. know the you clock don't, you is don't have like two hours to do a podcast. Yeah. like, oh, Lady Gaga. You know, so a lot of people might be like, it was so quick. You don't have time. No. No, it's 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 you got to be ramped 100% right out of the box. You're fired out. So you go and you get this thing and then cuz I'll say this though. You you're you're not the person you were. You are now Nardwar, but at one point you were Nardwar. You didn't have the clout, you didn't have the thing. So you bring that when when they crack that record, you go, "Hey man, that was a $100 record." Like, you seem a little stung by it. I was, and that's okay. At that moment, I was. I eventually did find, a couple years later, at the Bellingham Valley Village, mm -hmm. another copy of the record. It was the young men who did a version of Charlie Brown, but changed it to Charlie Browning about a University of Western Washington cheerleading team mm -hmm. football, etc. And the reason I gave it to them is I heard a rumor from Grant Lawrence of the mm -hmm. Schmundlers that Sonic Youth recorded at Conrad Uno mm -hmm. in Washington's studio. But I guess they didn't. Well, so who I else recorded the, there was the, the Young fast Fresh Fellows. And the Young the, Fresh Fellows. The young fresh Shout fellow. out to Kim Warnick and Scott McCoy and yes. Kurt Block. That's uh, no, And Jim as well. The Yes, that's Jim, of course. But I did find a record a couple yeah, years you later did find, okay. at the Bellingham okay, Valley good, good, Village. Okay. And yeah. I will say. And the camera was rolling. It caught sure. everything. It got everything. So I, as long as the camera no. is rolling, I'm happy. And I'll move on to the next question. Then it's I the price done, of doing business. I have done interviews. Like people were like, why are you wearing like tartan 
pants and a yeah. tartan shoes and a tartan hat. I used to wear a skull cap, and people can see that in my interview with Kurt Cobain. But when I did an interview with Sebastian Bach, a fellow Canadian, he didn't like the interview was going. He chucked the skull cap, the toque, off my head mm-hmm. and destroyed the tape of the interview. And that's the reason that I wear a tartan hat because he stole my toque. Mm-hmm. So yes. I got a tartan hat yes. and pants and shoes sure. to match it. So in other words, that was a reason that as long as the camera is rolling mm-hmm. and I move on to the next question, everything is okay. Absolutely. And the thing is, first of all, with Sebastian Bach, he is somebody who he is a Jesus Christ superstar star. No, he is from Canada. And he Zach moved, of Barack. But where he moved to, New Jersey. He, you gave him to me in the largest possible sense. I am from New Jersey. Mere towns away was a town, Sayreville, New Jersey, Nardwar, the human serviette from British Columbia, Canada. Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You can still say from British Columbia, Canada. I mean, look, I can might as well put your street address in before I say from... You know, 821 Main Street from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It all tracks. He moved to this town, Sayreville. The small town. It's the theater. It had a movie theater. What movie did I see at that movie theater? Class of 84 at a midnight show on my birth. I stayed at the movies one day for my birthday. I saw Road Warrior when I was 13. Then I saw The Sting 2. Mac Davis and Jackie Gleason, of course. Then I ended seeing Class of 84. Greatest night of my life. But that small town, two bands came from that small town. Nardwar, Skid Row, Bon Jovi. So in other words, Sebastian Bach stole my toque and as a result had to move to New Jersey and infect Something you like with that. sort of Sebastian back type problems. More or less. And I also, you're mentioning, you go, oh, you have Austin, did the theme. There's a new theme on the best show. And recorded, written, recorded, and performed by another fellow Canadian. One of, near and dear to my heart. Mike Roach. Let's give a no. shout out to we'll Mike Roach. Shout out to Mike, Mike Roach. Roach. He is a devoted listener. Well, of Mike Roach, I say shout out to uh, Mike. Shout Roach. out to Mike Roach. But I want to say Nick Thorburn. You know Nick Thorburn from Islands. From Islands, Unicorns Island. He wrote the new theme. Listen to this. We'll get to play a second of it. Great Nick Thorburn did this. Amazing. And Nick, yeah. believe it or not, put on a gig with my band, The Evaporators. Yes. And I think it was the early 2000s in Campbell River, mm-hmm. British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. It was amazing. He is amazing. Anything he does is amazing. And anything you do is amazing. So I know we don't like to focus on the negative. I want to get back to the positive. But I do just need to see this thread through a little bit of... 
what was the what was the one where you were truly truly sweating it out was it the blur one where these cretins had you trapped in a hotel room and the one grabs your uh, he starts shoving you or something like that was that the is that the is that the part where you're like this is hard why am i doing this well as i mentioned the sebastian backstory which happened in 1994 yes. and the blur happened in 2000 and oh my god Three. Oh my God. Look at that. that. Like, oh my, I didn't, I was going to say 13, but 2003. No, we got and the... the blur thing yeah. had cameras rolling. Mm -hmm. Remember, Sebastian Bach yeah. didn't. He destroyed the camera. Yeah. So as long as the camera's rolling, I was happy. Sure. So I had no problem with that at all. Yeah. Because the camera's rolling. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. The, you're, you're, uh, uh, you're a stronger person than I am. I would still be mumbling about the drummer from Blur 20 years later. I'd still, I'm still grousing about Nick DiPaolo. I went to a comedy show. He made fun of my jacket. Sitting in the audience. Still mad about it. I got to learn how to shake this stuff, Nardwar. Dave, actually, how do you shake it, Nardwar? Well, Dave also gave an apology, and he blamed it all on drugs. So it was very nice of him to give sure. him an apology eight years after it happened. Okay, okay. I did not get an apology the day after, even though he said I got an apology. Mm -hmm. He didn't, but it didn't bother me. I just no. carried on with life. And then eight years later, he didn't have to, no. but he gave an apology. Well, that's so sweet. thank you very much. Yes. I really appreciate yeah. that. That's amazing. One person did comment kind of like, well, how can Dave make everything well? Well, he's done everything well, but mm -hmm. you could possibly get my band, The Evaporators, to open up at Wembley Stadium for the Blur <laughs> Reunion would, that Show. Would, that would, that smooth, would be amazing. Right, it would smooth some things over a little bit. It would be, go down a little easier. But he doesn't have to do it because he's given an apology. Life goes on, and we are still listening to yes. The Best Show with Tom... Sharpling. Sharpling! And I just want to say, this person in the chat, ah, oh, that's what you get for going to see Nick DePaul. It was a thing where it was you didn't know who was on the bill. Get off my back with that. What's the longest you've ever chased someone down? Like, to, like oh, I got you in my sights. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. You're working the angles. You talk to the manager. You talk to the friends. You're still not making the connection. How? What's the, the white whale for you that you finally got? You know, there are kind of some ongoing things that I'm trying to get, like Neil Young, I've been trying all my sure. life to get an interview with. So I there are too many to mention that I'm I've not finally got, but sure. I knew for running, um I interviewed the band Trail Trail of Dead, and I remember mm -hmm. running on the block to finish get them to go do 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 do. And so they, I remember that. Yes. But for getting it's all there's always somebody like Jay Z, that, when you got how long did it take for you to finally sit down with jay-z well i was very lucky because pharrell williams oh, that's right yes recommended me to jay-z so you got so fast was, tracked it, on I that was one fast track those he gave jay-z um, <clears throat> a heads up and also he gave me some special context just like yes. you mark sure just like I you gave me you mark, mark Barron. Barron, yes i almost called you mark Barron. well that's Babu. fine that's a nice i would take has that has anybody and else called you mark Barron before you would have been the first you, nobody still has um, you came close. You almost were. The first. I almost did. How you doing over there, Jones? You hanging in there? Jones, okay. actually, I wanted to mention. What's it like to drive around with this guy in a car all day? It's well, like this. It's well, like this. I wish I had the tape recorder. Just quickly, Jones, mention about the black flag because I said to Jones, "Did you ever see Black Flag?" 
I went to many, many Black Flag shows between 1980 and 81, and I never saw them once. They were always broken up by the police. They were always getting shut down. Absolutely. Sure. So uh, there are photographs of me standing in line Mm -hmm. in punk. Uh, Can we show the photo? We have the photo. Let's show the photo. I do. This is video. Standing in line waiting to see them. I don't know that this is going to translate. We can have somebody put it on the screen if you if you would if you want Jones. This is Jones in a trench coat seeing black flag and not seeing black flag. Well, let's do. It. Let's just, just flash it up. Look, you can step. Why don't you hold it up in front like, of that camera? If you bend it and hold it in front of it, let's see if that works. And uh, I don't Go know. If, can you see, see Jones there? Jones is where. Can you point at what's happening, Jones? Maybe turn it down a slight. Pull it can down you pull a it tiny back bit? a little bit. There we go. Look okay, at that. Okay, that's good. There's Jones. And what is that? Eighty one. Uh, so Jones, Jones, Jones's back is there. Okay. Oh, just keep it, keep it straight. There you go. Nineteen eighty. Uh, Amazing. And and go down for a second, and we can see right. Want to tap that screen again? So yeah, tap that. All right, Jones. That's good. We we saw it. We saw it. That was great. Yeah, we did. Now. But that is some documentation sure. that I bought an official Black Flag trier to the best sure. show. Well, because I appreciate only it. the best for the best show. What was, Jones, you didn't get to see, you, what was the band from that era that doesn't get enough respect for how great they actually were oh, in God. real time? That's, that's a really good story. Um, I'm sorry, really good question. Uh, doesn't get enough respect. Well, uh, my band, uh, Disability, didn't give enough respect. Okay, uh, That's kind of a joke. And um, let's see, who didn't get respect? Uh, gosh, who has been forgotten? I think one of the best bands that I saw, not from L.A., but uh, Gang of Four was one of those bands. I'm sure that everybody knows who they are. Sure, but yeah. that's one of those bands that really needs a big reunion or re- okay. revival. Mm-hmm. Um but I did see a lot of really great bands back then in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, many too, too many to like remember and name. Uh, I can remember seeing one-off bands like Ella and the Blacks, uh, gosh, the Marina Swingers. Does anybody remember that band? Oh. No. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm afraid I, 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 okay. I'm no, no, drawing no. a but, blank uh, at this point. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Like Jones's first gig mm-hmm. was – one of the first gigs was 999 and Berlin. Yeah, Berlin was opening up for them, and they were wow fresh okay. off the. I don't know they they had had one single out, I think, mm-hmm. at that point. So it's amazing. Jones escorting me, Nardwar to Human Serviette, with Senior Moore around LA, telling me all these stories. I wish I had a tape recorder, so I just brought Jones down to the best show. Sure, thank you for helping document amazing. this. Dom. No, I let's appreciate not forget. This is- let's not forget Senor Moore. He's he's on the radio in KXLU. Right Wait, now. Not now. He'll be on at 10 o'clock. Doing the Molotov cocktail hour. There's a guy. Okay. Yeah. Now, Nardwar. Outside of Jay Z, you got fast tracked. How was how hard was it to get, for example, like who was the first breakthrough where you suddenly you were dealing with a certain level of artist? Because it was was it Snoop Dogg? Was it Pharrell? Who was the first to where it's like, no, this guy is interviewing heavy hitters not just indie people who are they're heavy to me but culturally selling millions of records well 
believe it or not, I think the breakthrough kind of was Pharrell recommending me to Jay Z, mm-hmm. and then people like Tyler the Creator saw yeah. me talking to these people and yes. wanted interviews with me. I shouldn't say wanted interviews with me, knew who I was. Yeah. And I think my interview in 2011 with Tyler the Creator when he was an Odd Future that kind of exposed me to a different group of yes. people. You, so that kind of led a whole to new take generation. Off. So that was the of, new takeoff. Yes. But I had been working since 1987 to 2011. But you, at that point, everybody was like, this guy's legit. He brings it. He's worth talking to. For some people, I think the artists are totally into it, Mm -hmm. but the management still needs convincing. And I still work hard to convince people. It's like, oh, we'd rather Rolling Stone. We'd rather do Wired. Not you. Sorry, you're cool and all. Sure. It's sort of like the management still needs convincing. Mm -hmm. So I'm still trying. I still have not been accepted by the management. But that's life. It's an occupational hazard. I'm doing this because I want to. If I don't want to do it, well, I could be something else like an engineer. Look, you could be selling aluminum siding. You'd have an easier time of it. But it's not what well, you want to be doing. probably a harder time. I'm lucky. It's like rock and roll. It's fun. It's laughing. Absolutely. Like, let's put it where it is. It's like, you know, some stuff may happen, but it is a joke. It's for it's fun. The best. It's the best. It's fun. Yes. Some of the reactions that are my favorite, Questlove was a truly special reaction. Oh, he is a, he's such a hip-hop historian, he isn't is, he? He is such a student of all music. He's such a font of knowledge. But he was also a fan of yours. And he sees, he says, I've been waiting for this moment. I'm not going to, you're not going to do it to me. And then within 15 minutes, he's almost crying because you pulled out a record and he was just like, you got me. I'm, you, I, I was prepared to not let you in, but you broke in with magic. But it Nardwar. isn't really magic. magic because the record I got at like Neptune Records yeah. in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. Also with people like Questlove, it's great to talk to them because you could just put the mic out and they will just go. They yeah. will just talk. Absolutely. Like, and the thing is, oh, tell me about this record and they will talk about the record mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That's the whole reason I bring stuff to interviews is to get people to talk. But you yes. don't have to bring anything for Questlove. He'll just talk and tell you stuff yes. and give some information out. But it is sort of like a team effort when I do interviews. Like for instance, I also show records that I got like Beat Street records as well. Yes. I'll be at Beat Street. Let's see, borrow records. And now so you it take takes Beat some, Street, you bring them yes. up now. You bring Tyler, the creator, up to Beat Street. Now you're looking at all the action Thank figures. Thank you for remembering that. That is incredible. Tom, that is amazing. How did you know that, Tom? Thank you so much for watching my interviews. I appreciate that. Yes, we bought, we brought Tyler, the creator, yes. to Beat Street Records. Yeah. And you can see that interview, 2021, Nardwar. Oh, was it 2020? It's 2022. I get confused. It's 2022. The interview was yes. done. But yes. thank you. Yes, it was done at Beat Street. Bring it all home. And I do a lot of interviews at Neptune Records as well. Yeah. So it kind of is a group, you know, that puts together the, the Nardwar team. Now, what is, what is this crazy Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada snack shop that you've been taking people to? Oh, what is amazing. that place? Uh, I should have. Oh, damn. I should have brought you Lucky's Bodega. 
in Vancouver, yeah. British Columbia, Canada. They have amazing chocolates, etc. I did an interview with Baby No Money That's there, right. the rapper Baby No Money. And behind him, there are some hot dogs. And people are like, why is he interviewing him with hot dogs? Behind him? Should the hot dogs oh, be yeah. in the refrigerator? Yeah, yeah. But they ain't. They are candy. It's amazing. Lucky's Bodega. And I should have brought it for you, Tom. I, sh I have some, uh, but I didn't bring any for wow, you. Oh, that's fine. But yeah, great assortment of candies. Lucky's Bodega in Vancouver, British Columbia. So yeah, there's all these things coming together that help make an interview. Yeah. And that's why when you do an interview, like have all these, mm -hmm. you like to have all these elements. Yeah. I want, and I say this like Ringo Starr with peace and love. Peace and love. I have tried to interview him as well. Sure. And I've had no luck, but yeah. I did tell his agent that, that he should play South by Southwest. No joke. I did say mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I'm scared if you ever interview Neil Young. I am. It scares me to think Neil Young, you're moving. Neil Young's moving like this. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's, and then suddenly who comes in? His head's going to explode. When you start coming in, you're pulling, you just pull a Buffalo Springfield record out. What's he going to do? You're going to be like, hey, here's the Rockets. Remember the Rockets? Well, actually, I have something special for Neil Young. When yeah. Neil Young went yeah. to Los Angeles, mm -hmm. where you are right now. Yes, I'm Nardwari Human Serviette. That's Tom Sharpling from The Best Show. My friend Jones, we're live here on The Best Show. When Neil went to Los Angeles and yeah. met Stephen Stills, yes. he was like in a hearse. His Drove around hearse. in a hearse looking for the guys who he met. At Fort in, William. He met and they said, hey, if you ever make it to L.A., Look us up. He comes down in his hearse with his Ontario plates because he was from Toronto, Winnipeg, Ontario. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. But at that point, he was living on Young Street, I believe, in Toronto. And he was in a band with Rick James. Yes. The the Mockingbird. Minor Birds. The Minor Birds. He drives down, can't find stills. Richie Fury, whichever member of Buffalo Springfield, he couldn't find him. He's driving around town. He starts leaving town. And he spots him on his way out of town. He's ready to go back. He's He said, like, well, I'm going back to Canada. Right? You know, that finding journey through the past. That's what he was literally about to do. He saw them. Imagine if he didn't see them. What would that have meant to music history? Now, you talk about the interview that I would have with Neil Young. Yeah. What was in the back of Neil Young's hearse when he saw Stephen Stills? Do you know? Yes. Oh, my goodness. What was in the back of his hearse? Bev Davies' sleeping bag. A photographer from Vancouver oh. was going to come with Neil Young to California. Mm -hmm. Neil wouldn't let Bev go. Mm -hmm. But took Bev's sleeping bag. Okay. And Bev's sleeping bag went for the journey. So the first question for Neil Young would be, where is Bev's sleeping bag? And Bev is an incredible photographer sure. from Vancouver, British sure. Columbia, Canada. So I'm all ready for Neil Young. Sure. In fact, maybe we'll, well, bring a sleep, no. maybe we'll bring a sleeping bag. And like, does this bring back any memories? Don't take this the wrong way, Nardwar. I think now I'm ready to interview Neil Young, too. I'm just going to do the sleeping bag thing also. Baboom, I, I can arrange for you to meet up with <laughs> Bev Davies. Oh, and I we'll fly in Bev Davies mm -hmm. for your interview. 
Now, you also know Neil Young's father was... Scott Young. Scott Young, who wrote for... The Globe and Mail. Your dad wrote sports for the Globe and Mail. Pierre Burton had you on his knee. The Squires! The Squires! My band, The Evaporators, mm-hmm. which you can check on Spotify, has a song called Winnipeg 64. Winnipeg 64, all about Neil Young's first band, The Squires. Yes. But just go go light. War, let him warm up. If you could, don't come in hundred and ten miles an hour. If you do get Neil Young, give give him a pause. Let him, because he'll just go like, "What's going on here with this guy? I don't know." And you'll you'll be outlaw. They'll throw you out the at the barn faster than you can say "baboom." We'd give him a possible record. Yeah, uh, you know, some sort of gift to lighten the mood. Yes. yes. Well, not. Thank you for the advice, sure. Tom. I just don't want really you to come appre- in too. Well, I just pre- don't come in too hot. Well, I appreciate the advice, and actually, the minute you stop learning mm-hmm. is the minute you should quit. Absolutely. And I, there's always something to learn, and thank you yeah. for the tips. And yeah. I, re- I will take a note of that. First, I'll be very careful. So the so Neil Young is one of the the big gets for you. You're trying to dream for you. Who else is on that list? Maybe I can help. Maybe I can help. Barack Obama? Do you have any contacts there? Actually, believe it or not, I hit up- Mark Maron. I I, I hit up Questlove, because Questlove DJ'd for Mm -hmm. Barack Obama later on, and Mm -hmm. I talked to Barack Obama's people, and they knew who I was, but they said, maybe not now. Mm -hmm. But still, I came very close, so thank you, Questlove. So, yeah, Neil Young, Barack Obama. Obama mm-hmm. is on a list there okay. too. And also probably Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. That I would love to see Nardwar the Human Serviette from and Vancouver, Little Richard would have been amazing too. Sure. But unfortunately he passed away. And this is what I want to say. If we ever develop time traveling technology, do we kill Hitler? Maybe we kill Hitler first. Then second thing we do. We start sending you all through time, right? We send you in a so you're with the pharaoh. All of a sudden, you're coming in. You're pulling out a some myrrh. Well, maybe you blow I the could, pharaoh's mind. Well, I appreciate that. There's a lot of pressure. Maybe I could help coordinate for you to send a person through time. I don't think I could last in a spaceship. I get really dizzy. No, but it will go also, like this. Suddenly you go, hard. and now you're back, and suddenly you're somewhere in the past. What if it's just Nardwar and it's just, except we do, it's like an infinity symbol. It's like we just Nardwar because you're just, you're going forward, you're going back, you're going every which way. Suddenly Nardwar is at Woodstock. Suddenly Nardwar is at Altamont. Suddenly Nardwar is meeting uh, Lincoln. You'd ask Lincoln about it. You'd be pulling things out of the your sack. I think Tom, I I love that. Yeah, I, 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 I learned actually. I was, was going to try to get you. I, I, well, I learned At that some word. Point, I'm going to get you I this full on word, laugh. I learned the word taint. I never heard the word taint before uh-huh. from Josh from Queens wow. of the Stone Welcome Age. Welcome to America. In one of my interviews, I learned sure. that. But I think I'm really flattered by you saying that. But I think anybody can do what I do. Just spend a bit of time. Like who's stupid enough to research Snoop Doggy Dog for like mm-hmm. a week? But me, most no, people I can't love- be bothered. So I appreciate the kind of words you're mm-hmm. saying, but anybody could do what you're proposing. I only spend time on stuff. So get somebody that can really withstand being dizzy, could do research, can run really good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, it's really easy to yeah. do. 
I'm there to inspire people. Like you said, like, why should people care about me? Not write a human serviette. Well, because if I can do it, anybody can really. That is something that a friend of ours says. Damien from Effed Up says that a lot, where he says there's nothing special about me except that I'm doing it. That's the only difference between me and you, and you can do it too. And he does an amazing podcast, like listening to his Absolutely. podcast, all the great little tidbits of punk that are mm -hmm. out there, you know, turned out turned a punk. Turned out a punk. You've been on Turned and, Out a Punk? And also- Have uh, you been no, a guest? Uh, no, I have not. Oh my goodness. How have you not been a guest? It's, it's a, that's, it's like he should be tried for treason. That's a Canadian crime he's committing. No, it will happen. I will Who's be the on worst Canadian of all time? I Who's, will the be on. Who's the worst Canadian of all time? Gavin McGinnis. Is he the worst Canadian of all? Because I say this. A bad Canadian is the worst person on the planet because you've had every chance to be good and you've chosen evil. You've chosen You've chosen to go against the stream. You're bad in America. That's a coin flip down here. Canada, you're saying, I choose to be evil. Jordan Peterson, Gavin McGinnis, uh, Don Cherry. Who, who, who tops your list of evil Canadians? Well, it's kind of like, I like to not think like about the evil Canadians, and I don't like to think about the, you know, evil Americans. Sure. I like to think about love. Sure. And I, I think get, it's really important it. to enough. stress the Fair love. Enough. The rehabilitation, I think, is very important. But you have people. to admit, there's a passive-aggressive quality to some Canadians. I spent four months in Toronto, Ontario, working on a show called What We Do in the... Thank you, big fan. We shot up there. Uh, I was friends with one of the the cast. I still am friends with uh, Matt Barry. We were obsessed with Canadian snack cakes. Mae West's. Joe Louis. So I say, I'm going to go get some Mae West's and Joe Louis. Bring them tomorrow to the set. I go to a 24-hour grocery store. And they put me up in the worst neighborhood, Nardwar, the human serviette from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I was sitting across from the freaking dome where uh, uh, the Raptors play. That's a terrible neighborhood. Who would be in that neighborhood? The pizza was bad. It was all bad. And you know Toronto pizza is awful. You know that. I, your silence speaks volumes. Um, but I, I would like to say you're complaining about a job where you made money. Oh, I'm not complaining about the job. I'm saying I went to the grocery store and I was looking for an employee, looking around. Where's somebody who could help me find these snack cakes? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Andrew WK. Shout out to Andrew WK. Sure, yes. In Canada, he loves the deep and delicious mm -hmm. snack cakes. Yeah. Because they don't have as well, many of them exactly. in the States. I was looking for those. After each cake, he'd eat deep and delicious. Well, Nardwar, I look for an employee of the store to ask where can I find the snack cakes. I can't. Neither hide nor hair in the store. Finally, I find one employee putting frozen fish into the case. And I say to this kindly person, I say, can you tell me where I could find the snack cakes in the store? And he goes like this, meaning there's frozen fish everywhere. He goes, not my department, and turns his back to me. And first of all, I was like, 
Yeah, I didn't think I was going to find snack cakes next to frozen salmon. First of all, I'm looking for an employee. Just help me find the snack cakes, guy. That's the passive aggression. It runs under the surface. There's an anger there with Canadians. I don't want to acknowledge it. You don't want to acknowledge it, but it is there. That's how you get a punk band like Brutal Knights, violent Nick Flanagan, rage, the rage pouring from that young boy's head. He channels it into evil hardcore. The... Does a hardcore come from Vancouver? Is Vancouver the birthplace of hardcore? Hardcore 81, DOA, with photos by Bev Davies throwing all the way back to Neil Young. Check out the back of Hardcore 81, photos by Bob Mercer and Bev Davies. Yes, DOA, Hardcore 81. Sure. Did DOA term Hardcore 81? Probably. Mm -hmm. And you can check that out, that answer in my interview with Ian Mackay. Sure. And you're still watching and listening, I hope, to the best yeah, show. So yes, gonna... it's me, Nardwar, the human serviette, yes. Tom Sharpling, my mm -hmm. friend Jones, who has been driving me around Los Angeles, pointing out mm -hmm. different locations and punk rock lore, etc. Yes. And, of course, as I mentioned before, Tom Sharpling. Now, what Back blew your you, mind? Tom. What blew your mind today? Did you see the comedy store, for example? Did you pass the comedy store on Sunset Boulevard? Boulevard, and do you know what the comedy store used to be? Ciro's. Uh, Ciro's. And do you know who got their big break at Ciro's? Mel Brooks. Not Mel Brooks. It was Sonny and Cher and, and the Richard Birds. Pryor. And the Birds. That's where, before it was a comedy venue, it was a club. And that's where was, the Birds were the house band there. And so was Sonny and Cher. How about the... What else have you seen? The the whiskey? Have you been to the whiskey? Do you know who the whiskey, who made their bones at the whiskey? The... Love. Love did. And who else? And Love got the door signed. They got the door signed to Electra. The Seeds. Shout out to Sky Saxon, yes. who died the same day as... Michael Jackson, Michael rest in ja peace, yes, that was and Farrah Fawcett. What a day. They they go in threes, they say. They go in threes. Nardwar, it breaks my heart to say this. The show has to end. The I show has to go on. The I show will go on. I leave this bubble, Nardwar. If I could make a deal, if I could take the hourglass and smash it not unlike your own new pornographers the hourglass spills its its sand wanting to 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 sing me spanish techno well i appreciate who else is from vancouver dan behar the great dan behar destroyer the bob dylan of canada some would say and yvonne de carlo from the, the monsters, monsters. Yes. yes and dan behar that will be his crowning achievement to know that he was he was side by side with yvonne de carlo who appeared in movies with also believe her elvis not, presley elvis presley uh, but I want to say, Tom, please, yes, let me of see course, this. Of course. Thank you at last minute for mm -hmm. inviting me in yes. to the best show. I, I really appreciate Because it was like a last was minute oh, invitation, was last minute. wasn't it? I didn't know you were trying. I saw people on social media saying, Nardwar's in town. He's in Los Angeles. I wonder if he's going to be on the best show. And I said to myself, 
I wonder as well. Let me ask him. And lo and behold, you're here. I'm here. This was a true highlight. And I appreciate the interest because that inspires me to want to do more interviews. So oh, thank you, Tom. Sweetheart. Thank you for inviting me in the, the air and course. saying the kind words. I really appreciate that because that, as I said, mm -hmm. inspires me to go out there and do more mm -hmm. that people care. And yeah. I know you're there in the background watching mm -hmm. the Tyler interview mm -hmm. or the Damien Lillard interview helping us distro. Uh -huh. Like I know, and that makes me, you know, even more nervous. And then. The interviews, hopefully, you um, relax a bit and open up, and the interviews work. You're still watching, I hope, Back to Tom, the best show. You are, and I just want to say Nardwar, the human serviette from Vancouver. First of all, Jones, I want to thank you for coming. It was, an, it was a Jones brought it was me. Amazing yeah, Jones to meet brought you. me. Punk yes. rock history. Yes. Punk rock history. I could only imagine what happened if you walked into Enterprise, rent a car, and they see you, and they're just kind of like, we're out of cars. It's uh, what uh, they uh, would probably uh, say. Uh, we have no, meanwhile, behind them, there are 80 cars. Sir, sir, we have no more cars. Uh, what today. has happened? Uh, Jones has helped us a few photos today, right? Oh, yeah. we Everywhere we've gone, lots of people have gotten photos. So. I cannot imagine but, I mean, well, that not, car ride. That well, car ride, Jones. Not that many photos. I'm but what I meant is, Jones has been nice to drive me to the best show, as well as taking photos. Like, could you hold the camera while mm -hmm. I pose you know, sure. over and yes. over? Can we do a photo with you? Oh, I wish we could. Like right now? Nardwar, right. I just want let okay. Nardwar, there's one thing I want you to This is my show. I want to say to you, thank you for coming on. The best show. And? And and wait, keep on rocking in the, in the free, free world. world. And, and do, 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 do. That's it, we're done! The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The Best Show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Burns. Segment producer, Michael Lisk. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.